She's just kind of fucking hilarious. It makes me so happy. And uh, she just tweeted, Weird that one of the most popular Homestuck characters is a 13-year-old child murderer clown with visibly hard cock. Is that a thing? I have no fucking idea, but it just makes me All so happy. All I know about Homestuck is that there's like, isn't there like a gray-skinned horned girl? Yes. Or something like that? Cause I, or, in the, or, or there's like two of them? One's like green, there one's are... like blue? There are... Because I've seen I... the porn. I've seen the, the drawings <laughs> online, and that's all I know. And seriously, that's my only context for anything for Homestuck. Oh, dear lord. Oh, oh my no. fucking I've god. I've seen the porn. Hey, everybody, this is the Boy Hattie Podcast. Uh, we're here to talk to y'all about some <laughs> pop culture garbaggio. I'm Annie. I'm Bill. If you guys have any tips for where we could start, we should. <laughs> what a good entry point for reading Homestuck is. Let Homestuck us know. is one of those things... You gotta read it from the start, and, and I've tried. We, we have to dress like cool kids. We have to like dress up like the, like our hippest like mid nineties cool kids, and go try to infiltrate a local high school, <laughs> and like try to be down with the lingo about the homestuck. Like yo yo yo. I've seen dirty pictures of your homestuck. And we can be right. like, if you like Hello, homestuck, students. you should read our friends' comics, Bruno and Ojo Sex Toy, and Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! Bill. Oh man, I was just—I'm sorry. Right before we started recording, I was reading Reddit, and someone in the video game subreddit just posted the little things that they're making for, like I guess, video game themed party. And so they decided to make Metroid drinks. And the coolest thing is that they actually took some Seven Up and glow clear glasses and put three little raspberries in each cup, so it looks like a little Metroid. Aww, I am. My mind is totally fucking blown. Also, they just had a big box full of pork chops with a Castlevania logo on it, which kind of cracks me up. That is pretty good. I love any kind of themed stupid video game bullshit. That's why you should, my friend. That's why you should. They also had onion rings. There's, I guess it's Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, that's all right. Because oh, Sonic yeah, the Hedgehog is like a little, rings. yeah. Do I just love a big Tupperware box full of pork chops with just the Castlevania logo on it? That that's is all hilarious. food that does not sound like A, party food, or B, <laughs> would taste good together. So, good job. But man, the Metroid drinks. I don't know why I'm so blown away by that. Because the color, even the color, it's like perfect. Like little raspberries good and the 7-Up. Oh, man. Good anyway, so I'm easily impressed by the internet. <laughs> How you guys? How you doing, Annie? I'm doing pretty good. Had a pretty quiet, low key week this week. Uh, the only thing we've done in this household is watch a shit ton of the Great British Bake Off. You guys are nuts. I, you guys have officially outstripped me because I've only seen the latest season, the fifth season. And you, what you guys are wasted? What up to like mid season three? Yeah, we we started with the first season and are now working our way up to mid season three. I will say this to any of my uh, uh, North American cohorts listening here: this show, as near as I can tell, is not legally attainable in the states. 
Yeah, I, you know, I didn't even think about that. We shouldn't even be talking about. We should we we should talk about. We've just read the novelizations that we've imported from the UK. It's one of those things where I would straight up pay thirty dollars per season for even old seasons of Great British Bake Off. I'm that emotionally attached to it. Yeah. But as it is not, I have been scouring various and sundry internet dumpsters, and uh, yeah, it's a good time. What it the, makes me so happy. What are the best things that you've seen cooked so far? Or is it not even that? It's just like just more about the temperament of the show. It's more about the temperament. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they all, they bake the same, especially once you go through multiple seasons. It's like, here's the bread episode. Here's the pies episode. Here's the tarts episode. You know, it's like, it does, it all kind of, there's no like one thing that stands out in my mind. It's yeah. more just like this general tone of being submerged, you know, neck deep in Great British Bake Off. Yeah. It's good times. It's good times. What have you been up to, my friend? Man, nothing. What the hell did I do this week? It's been really quiet. Oh, I the people were tearing up my uh, basement apartment, uh, putting and installing a new window. So I spent mm-hmm. a lot of week just kind of waiting for that to finish. So I didn't have a yeah. chance. I didn't play any games this week really. Well, I played some. I got that Retro on Five from the uh, Portland Retro Gaming Show uh, last mm-hmm. weekend. I played some of that stuff, but uh, it's been mostly me just kind of like twiddling my thumbs, waiting for construction to get done. Uh, I read a whole bunch of. Uh, actually, you know the one, the one, the only the one real thing I did was I read this. Did I, did I mention this on the podcast before? The How Star Wars Conquered the Galaxy? Or Conquered the no. Universe? Uh, it's this book that just came out that's written by... I don't know who the fuck this guy is, but it's actually really nicely written. I think the guy was like a writer for some kind of like online blog or something like that. So he has a really conversational writing style. But it's just about the pop culture impact of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And uh, it actually... If, if you were just to take this book... And combine it with like the there is uh, this series of uh, the making of Star Wars movies, and yeah. which is you know just about the making of well, the filming of the Star Wars movies, and uh, the secret history of Star Wars, which is the writing of movies. This movie about the pop culture impact of Star Wars would form a kind of a cool like triptych of just like yeah. Star Wars in general because you'd have the, the writing of the filming of and the gross general just cultural impact of. Uh, Star yeah. Wars stuff. It's it's so it's uh, it, it goes into the history of like how Star Wars was made and stuff. But they spend a lot of time just talking about uh, both hardcore fans and just kind of general people like the reactions to Star Wars and how it kind of shaped culture with like scientists and stuff like that. Sure. And, like, um, but they also go into like how the was it the five hundred first stormtrooper legion was formed, which is that mm-hmm. whole legion of people who dress up like stormtroopers and go to events and stuff like that and. But the most interesting part of the book actually isn't even about the pop culture impact of Star Wars. This is the first book I've read that actually really goes into in-depth detail about how uh, the whole uh, George Lucas' sale of Star Wars to Disney went down just two years ago. And wow. uh, yeah, it go really, it's it's not even super complicated. So what happened was, so so they redid Star Tours two years ago. Yeah. And when they did the whole opening ceremony for, you know, introducing the new Star Tours to the world, uh, Bob Iger, who's the head of Disney right now, and George Lucas, had they had a little skit on stage where they pretended to be Jedi Knights and they kind of threatened Darth Vader and Darth Vader threatens them back and it's a whole little sketch. And uh, I guess right after that, they went to lunch. It was just Bob Iger and Walt Disney, uh, Walt Disney, Bob Iger and uh, George Lucas. And at, it was at that lunch that uh, Bob Iger goes up to uh, George Lucas and says, hey, uh... Would you ever consider selling Star Wars? George Lucas is like, hmm, I don't know. Give me a chance to think about it. But according to this book, he pretty much went home that afternoon and started like, yes, I'm going to sell Star Wars. I can't get rid- <laughs> wait to get rid of this shit. Yeah. So, yeah, so he just spent the next year just kind of getting Star Wars ready. To- and almost exactly a year later, I guess in like mm-hmm. 2012, 
he hmm. went up this idea. Okay, here it is. Uh, I, I've, I've prepped everything. I've, I've, ta- I've talked to, you know, all the Star Wars people. So if you, if you guys want to make sequels, I've got stuff for the sequels written down and stuff like that. But it's funny because, like, yes, again, this book is supposed to be about the pop culture impact. But that's the most interesting part of the book, actually. It's just yeah. kind of like, yeah. Uh, it, which is kind of funny because even just last night, uh, I went up to see if there's YouTube footage of the Star Tours opening, which was supposedly was filmed the same day that, like, this momentous meeting between George Lucas and Bob Iger went down. Yeah, you can go see it. It's very silly. But yeah, if you ever go track down like Star Tours opening George Lucas, Bob Iger on YouTube, we'll watch that footage. You know, like an hour after that is when they've made the offer to just like, you know, start selling stuff. But there's other stuff cool. Like this guy, the guy who wrote the book, he has this, one of his big theses is that there's no adult human being on the planet anymore that doesn't, that hasn't been impacted in some small way by Star Wars, or at least doesn't have some kind of, like, Star Wars shit rattling around in the back of their brain. And the movie, the book starts off with um, him going out to this Navajo uh, reservation where they are about to debut the Navajo translation of the first Star Wars movie. It's the first movie that's ever been dubbed into the Navajo language, because only, like, 12 people speak it, but... It's this big thing, and he finds this older guy there who's supposedly, like, he, like, he doesn't have a social security number or anything like that. He's this guy who's, like, pretty much grown up in the Arizona mountains and only comes out of the mountains, like, once every, like, couple years. And he's like, this might be the only guy I could find in the continental United States who's never, like, heard of Star Wars or anything like that. And he's talking to the guy, and he's like, you never heard of this thing called Star Wars? And the guy's like, I don't know what the hell this is. And he was talking to him, but he does, the old guy does admit to, like, once seeing a movie, a little clip or something like that, of a movie with these angry birds that have their arms that go up like this over their heads and their <laughs> wings down like that. And the guy's like, oh, this guy's talking about X-Wing fighters. He has, he does know a little bit about Star Wars. <laughs> so his whole thesis that, like, no one does not know a little bit about Star Wars gets blown out of yeah. the water right there. So it's just, it's just a cute book. Yes, How Star Wars Conquered the Galaxy. It's very cute. Hmm. So, yeah, I because I had nothing else to do, uh, because they were in my basement, my TV was all, like, disconnected, my consoles weren't hooked up and stuff. I, yeah, I, I couldn't really play anything, so. Yeah. Yeah. You got to read some books. Good on you, I Billy. I got to read one book about the cultural impact of a movie series I've already watched a bazillion times, and I already knew most of the stuff in it, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, my the only thing week. I did, other than watch Great British Bake Off, was play some more Wasteland 2, which has just turned into an unrelenting crash fest for me now. Really? It's actually kind of sad. How's it getting worse? Every, about every 15 minutes, it crashes. It just does. And, like, the, the textures get... First, the textures get all um, uh, warped. Really? And, yeah, they'll basically... It looks like they almost get inverted, almost. And, uh, yeah, then it just... Then it'll just, like, freeze altogether. That's new. The, the program will just freeze altogether, and I just have to force quit. Fortunately, uh, I've been saving vigilantly, and it has auto-saves whenever you enter every region, and yeah. then automatic every 15 minutes saves. So, very clearly, they're kind of aware <laughs> these issues but it's just like man i love the game and i keep playing it we i've gotten to a part of it where um uh it it's more of a interconnected uh world with uh interconnected issues yeah which reminds me a little more of fallout 2 slash fallout new vegas and uh i'm enjoying it but Oh my god, yeah, poor Dylan was making fun of me because I was asking, she's been playing, our friend Dylan has been playing a lot of video games, and I said, oh, I want to hang out with you and see how you've been enjoying your time, 
And she made fun of me because in Steam, you get a notification of whenever a friend of yours is playing a new game. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So she's just been getting this onslaught of, Annie is playing Wasteland 2. <laughs> Annie is playing Wasteland 2. Oh. Yeah, well, sorry about that, dude. So are they, have you talked to anybody about, like, is this happening to anybody else? No, I just figure it's price doing business. It's a it's a kickstarted game. Also, frankly, I edited my saves, so I don't know if the oh, fact that I'm wandering on the world about that. with well, super powered characters is anything to do with it. It's a kickstarted game, but it, this is the official release, right? This is not like the early access version. Oh yeah, no, but I'm saying it's like a uh, it's a game where they had like one and a half years development oh, time. Oh, I know, but and... still, if it's it's a, it's a, if it's an official retail game. The fact that it was Kickstarter should not... Like, if you kickstart a book, a, like a comic book or something... Like, I just got uh, Erica Moen's Ojoy Sex Toy in the mail yesterday. If that book was not, like, printed correctly, I would be like, oh, well, it was just Kickstarter, who cares? You know, there's still a no, certain standard No, I'm saying... Of, like, what I'm trying to say is, whenever I play an RPG that is an incredibly complex, branching RPG, and it's buggy, there's a part of me where I'm like, yeah, maybe I've played too many Oblivion games. Yeah. Maybe that's what it's boiling down to. <laughs> you got beaten Can down, I your say... expectations have been lowered. I also got my Ojoy oh sex toy book yesterday, and can I tell, just say that I love that the shipping label said Ojoy oh sex toy. Did it? <laughs> Did you notice that? It reminded me of the joke in, um, there's a joke in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels where they do this con where, uh, you, uh, they, they do an ad in a paper that's, uh, <coughs> uh, that's a good story. A, it says the guy who can't speak to save his life. They do an ad for sex toys. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. And then when they send they Aww. send somebody something that's not what they wanted, and they send them a refund check, but the refund check says on it is like big purple knotted <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. dongs. You know, it says on the check and it's like nobody's gonna cash that check. <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. It's like, thanks, Erica. <laughs> The yeah, I didn't story. think about that, actually. That's, that's a little, yeah, yeah. I'm glad I didn't have it delivered to my workplace. I'll just say that. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, because how do you explain to people, oh, no, it's only a it's only a comic book about sex toys. It's not actually <laughs> a sex toy, but, like, yeah. Um, but, yeah, but yeah was... no, um, Ojoy Sex Toy is a really great, great work. I'm very proud of Erica for her successful Kickstarter, and I'm really excited to have it in my hands. Yes. There's uh there's some like nice bonus strips. I never really like I never actually watched Erica's uh, Kickstarter video or actually read the description of what the book was supposed to be. I was just like, oh, Erica's a friend. I'll Kickstarter book whatever. I just kind of did it blindly. I was like, oh, there's like the bonus material and stuff in the back, and that book is really filled with like butts and dogs and dicks and people getting fucked. And yeah, it was, it was, that, that that's a pretty impressive. Once you collect all that material together, it's a pretty uh, impressive collection of just genitalia doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forgot there's like a whole chair that fucks you that like has a seesaw dildo that you're supposed to pump yourself. It's almost like it almost seems like a kid's ride except it's sexual. Yeah. Yeah, and all what kinds of stuff. Oh, Bill, are you not familiar with the vast and varied world of fuck machines? See, what do you, what do you mean by fuck machines? Not just dildos, but like contraptions? Yes. No. There why? is like is a, that a world thing? of Rube Goldberg devices. Wait for of... dudes and ladies. I've only seen them. Usually, it's like dudes get off on seeing ladies being plowed by these relentless machines. I was gonna say because it's a little bit harder to find a fuck machine for a dude because all all you really need is tin no, can not. filled with Vaseline. Whereas That's the lady... not true at all, Bill. There are many men who enjoy roast. being penetrated. You may as well like there. There's a world, <laughs> Bill. Bill. Oh, that's right. I forgot about some guys doing, 
to get fucked in the butt. I forgot about that part. <laughs> I forgot. Anyway, this is really not well, anything I have any interest in guy. Of course my bet is always towards, like, you want to fill the hole, not be the hole that's being filled. Yeah. You know what? I have no interest in discussing various and sundry weird sexual just, things. So with wait, Bill where Lundgren. do you find out more about these sex machines? Because you seem to be kind Dude, of an expert. Oh, Bill, it's called t- Tumblr. Yeah, Tumblr throws the most random things at me, and I'm always like, uh. "Are these people actually like? Are these like homemade sex machines that you're looking at?" Oh, it's I, I, Bill. You, you have officially asked me way too much. I know they exist, no, my you friend. Imagine the picture in my head is like gadget gear loose. Kind of like, like I have no idea. Well, from from Rescue Rangers, the little mouse lady who built all this stuff. I'm oh, just... her surname is Gearloose. Is it Gearloose? I thought it was a gadget. Like, or is that? Wait, who's who's the guy? Bill. I also don't know Gadget's surname. <laughs> You're officially I way... watching. I, I watched the uh, the the nostalgia critic. He had like this hour long video about the Disney afternoon, and I think her name was Gadget Gearloose. Erica would know. That's the funny thing. Erica Moen would know this. You. Are asking or, me things beyond my ken. My I'm trying friend. to think. Am I confusing? What's what's launch? It's Launchpad McQuack. I'm trying to think. Is, that is there a mad scientist in Ducktales who had a last name Gearloose? Maybe I'm thinking. Anyway, yes. gadget. I'm thinking a gadget. It, there was on Ducktales. There was what's his name? The the robot superhero. Yeah. And who his, was it? Just like Super Duck. His alter ego, I think, was surnamed Gearloose. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because. Yeah, because Gearloose sounds familiar, and I never really watched Rescue Rangers, so I don't know. All I know is that Gadget was hot and sexy in a mouse, and she made stuff. It's of course, Man, yeah. Gadget, when I was growing up, was one of the few kind of awesome, kind of tomboy adult adult, as in like grown up characters. I was like, yeah, Gadget. And now I will be doing the most mundane <laughs> Google image searches. Like I think once I was looking for airplane propellers to try yeah. and find something to use as a graphic. And uh, I saw a picture of Gadget from Rescue Rangers in Dominatrix gear, and I'm just like, Ellie, nice. she was in Dominatrix gear. She's she's in control. She's on top, literally uh. and figuratively. All right, and now I would officially like to end any discussions of sex. I'm just saying, I just want to picture of Gadget gear loose in Dominatrix gear in I the would lab. Like to end <laughs> any conversations. Thank you. Hey, everybody. <sighs> Uh, Bill, tell me about uh, Oculus Monster Squad Sleepy Hollow. Do mice have... Are there boobs on their chest or Bill, do they have udders? Bill, <laughs> I am politely and firmly telling you that I don't want to talk about did you, that Did you watch any Halloween-related stuff this week? Uh, we watched... We've been watching Gravity Falls. We, we started watching the second season of Gravity Falls last night. Okay. Wait, how far so did you get? Because been... I've only seen a, like an episode or two of the second season. Yeah, we we watched the first episode. I I did it by by um by streaming it online, and Foley was like, "Oh, you have the computer hooked up, then we can watch more Great British Bake Off," and then that happens. So, yeah, I've only seen the first episode of the second season. Otherwise, I've not watched anything Halloweeny. I honestly can't remember anything that happened this in the second season because I know the first season ends with them fighting Gideon. The first episode opens with uh, secret agents. From, that's, or I think maybe that's the only agents. episode I've seen that because I forgot they show up and there's a whole thing about how they find out that Grunkle Stan actually knows stuff about the books. Yeah. Spoilers for Gravity Falls. One of um, the secret agents is voiced by Nick Offerman. Which yeah, exactly. Which is fantastic. Yeah, he's kind of like the main secret agent guy who even talks. Um, yeah, so because this is the Halloween week, this Friday it's Halloween. 
I started watching more uh, Halloween stuff. Actually, I spent half the week just watching James Rolfe's, the angry video game nerd, his uh, YouTube monster movie series. Mon um, uh, was it Monster? Wait, what the hell is it called? Movie Massacre? Cinemassacre. Monster Madness. That's what it's called. Monster Madness. Where he just uh, reviews uh, just random horror movies. Uh, uh, just like one, one, one movie for every day out of the week. And I have this collection. I actually found uh, in the internet dumpster. I found a collection of all the Monster Madness episodes he's done over the course of the last like three or four years. Which ends up turning into... It's a shitload of movies that he's reviewed. Because every review is like a little five, just five minute long just review of everything from like the horror, the Hammer horror stuff and Universal stuff. I watched a whole bunch of that. Yeah, and then uh, Dylan, she wanted to watch uh, Sleepy Hollow uh, because that's one of her favorite uh, like kind of Halloween-y kind of movies. Which I don't want to say it's a whole, like there's so many movies you can watch around Halloween that aren't necessarily, you. they're not all horror movies. Some of them are just kind of suspense or like, you know, psychological <laughs> movies. What? <laughs> last night that was, was that? a halloween movie we watched foley's favorite not horror that's halloween what i'm saying movie. yeah like what yeah practical magic i have magic? never seen practical magic it's one of foley's favorite movies i think that and beaches are her two favorite the movies fuck is which you know what? i can imagine up... what the poster would it would be is it like is it like ladies and gauzy like kind of glowy sunset with like a very fancy font? Practical magic. No, Bill, because they're witches. So it was probably the two of them in the darkness with the moon. That would be my really? guess. Really, witches? So what is it scary? Did they do you're magic ask stuff? If you want coffee, but instead you're making fun. Of I'm not movie. making fun. Fully's about to offer me coffee, but then she heard <laughs> I was making practical magic. I would please like coffee. Oh, would you? I would. I'm gonna say only glowing, wonderful things it's about a practical weird magic. Movie. It's a really weird movie. It's a weird movie. Um, yes, I'd like some coffee, please. Uh-huh. Uh, so Practical Magic is about Sandra Bullock and Me uh, no, not Meg Ryan, Nicole Kidman. Uh-huh. They're was, sisters. Was this released in like 1998? 1998 is the exact release. <laughs> that just seems it. like a perfect yeah. like nineteen ninety-eight movie, yeah. If it's, it's Sandra totally Bullock, it's nineteen ninety-eight, yeah. Uh, it's, they are sisters and witches, uh -huh. and they are descendants of this, Bill, or Foley, you can summarize this better than I can. Come here. Come here. Summarize it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm invested now. I want to, well, I want to hear more about this they're, practical they're magic. They're sisters and they're descendants from this, this witch lady. Who was sent to live on the island that they live on now. Yeah, she cursed, by people. She cursed herself to because she was uh, betrayed by a lover yeah. and knocked up. She was she cursed herself to never know love again. Yep, but then it cursed her entire family. It cursed Wait, her entire family. So all their husbands the, died. The sister who was banished. Or no no no, the, the witch who was banished, their long, forebear. Long their forebear. Is this forebear. Oh, okay. And so she, because she cursed herself to know no love, so she would never be betrayed. This curse actually reached out across her entire family and fucked everyone over. And in such a way, the curse manifested in such a way that if any of them knew true love and loved a man, there'd be the they would hear the rattle of the death beetle, and then they would the, the dude death would die. beetle, the death beetle. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's got Dr. Channing in it. Yeah. Is uh, Stalker Channing the first lady, the lady who gets banned? No, Stalker Channing is, plays Sandra aunts. Bullock and Nicole Kidman's aunt. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. So, does the movie end happily? Yeah. Oh, they banished the curse. It's actually kind of cute because it's, I mean, it's ridiculous, but the whole community suspects these women of being witches and um, accuses them of being witches all the time. 
And the climax of the movie is Nicole Kidman is possessed by her her evil boyfriend. Who, who they killed. Who they accidentally killed. Twice. Twice. It was just an accident. And it happens. And uh, so they need a coven of witches to, to banish this possess this possessed critter. Yeah. So they they call all the women in the community and have the, them... P- the PTA phone tree. Yeah, they use the PTA phone tree to like call all the women and have them co- bring their brooms and and it's like this hilarious like girl power like like oh late oh, mom power yeah like all these girls like oh this is gonna be fun and there was like the hilarious montage of all these ladies like hanging out like you know having tequila like yeah we're gonna we're coming now it's ridiculous so Sandra looks really pretty hush somehow by uniting the community and the witches this breaks the curse because the curse originally came because the original witch lady was felt was was banished from her community and betrayed by her love and like was not allowed to belong by the sisters belonging in their community they become accepted and it breaks the curse everybody can have boyfriends again yeah. Yeah. um sandra bullock can grind up on aiden quinn yep and wow that's the most yeah. 90s thing i've ever heard of it's a comically 90s movie and it's really weirdly like so, super it's super the tone weirdly is weird the pacing is really weird there's actually some pretty good shots in it and some pretty good practical effects yeah mm-hmm. And some really and some pretty bad like of, like what are the effects of like like them doing like just doing mas- magic stuff or are they turning people into stuff or like yeah well there's like yeah there's some little magic spell stuff that they do some pretty good like pretty basic but pretty good effective practical effects when they see the when the ghost boyfriend oh, appears cool. they ran a filter over him to like desaturate him and and like they did some some sort of makeup to. Amp up, make his eyes look kind of glassy. It's a really simple thing, and it looks a little dated, but not as dated as you know something of the time might. Uh, and there's actually some pretty good like camera stuff in there. Like I'm curious the actually stereo? who the director of photography is. There's this one shot where um, there's this yeah there's this like tall stairwell in that goes up to this tower, this beautiful house that they all live. And there's this one crane shot with the two Sandra Bullock has two daughters. The daughters are going down the stairwell, and the crane shot kind of moves down the stairwell with them, and, and it's it. and then it tips as Sandra Bullock holds her daughters. It's actually a really nice shot that I was sitting here going, "That was pretty good. How they do that?" Which is not something I well, expected to a, say in the late it's a, it's '90s a, it's movie. A, it's a spiral staircase, yeah. so you can't pull out part of the staircase and still yeah. have them run down four flights of stairs yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then grab their mom. So there, it had to have been like some sort of crazy crane. It shot. had to have been some sort of crazy weird crane shot, and it was just super smooth. It's one of those things where I'm like, that was a weird amount of effort to get that yeah. shot. Okay, <laughs> in this weird practical magic girl got power. Chops. It's it, it it's was strange. it was a very strange. I thing. admit that it's totally strange, but oh. I've been watching a lot of Bake Off. It's so. very you're very cute, Foley. Yeah, was, no, that, and that, also that, that, spending a lot of it, made me, it sounds like Practical Magic and Bake Off. That sounds like it's a good way to spend the week. <laughs> it made me realize that Foley's two favorite movies are Practical Magic and Beaches. That, those are not my only two favorite movies. <laughs> those are just two of my favorite movies. Excuse me. I'm sorry. You are way I too like tough hard movie. Movie. I like tough movies. My too. point is, where I'm going, is that two of Foley's favorite movies, Practical Magic and Beaches, are about ver- uh, two women who are uh, with are there for each other through hardship and yeah. things and everything like that. It's about their relationship carries them through. And it made me realize that all of my movies, my 
all of I will say, oh, yeah. my favorite movies are usually about two men whose relationship carries them through hardship. Um, they're usually to their death in my movies. Well, like I, I settled for friendship because I wasn't going to get lesbians. <laughs> That was the other tone of the conversation last night was like, movies you settled for because you couldn't get the movie you wanted. It's like, sure, I'll take a movie where Sandra Bullock grinds up on Aiden Quinn, when really, the real solution to a curse uh, where any man you love dies is just fall in love with a woman. And you're fine. Loophole. You're good. Who would you pair Sandra Bullock with, like, late 90s Sandra Bullock? Mm. Who would you like? Who would you? I can't imagine her like, who? I don't know. I am not. Can you put Keanu Reeves on a dress? He's got delicate oh, features. You. No, uh, I'm. Uh, Just Photoshop I'm, me I'm, into speed. My actress foo is not very strong, my friend. Yeah, Michelle Rodriguez, like baby Michelle Rodriguez. I was gonna say Michelle Rodriguez was still like getting stoned in high school in 1998. I'm sure. So. Yeah, she could make uh, a like 16 year old Gemma Edderton and could even be hotter for, as a result of that. Dude, I think she was like 12 at the time. Oh my yeah. Friend. Um, uh, no, I, it was, it was, it was a very strange movie. It you know what? I want a movie, movie about, like, 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 12-year-old Gemma Adderton and, like, 16-year-old Michelle Rodriguez in 1998 uh, with a box they have to protect their witches, and in the box is fetal Emma Watson. And that's, that's a witch movie right there. <laughs> they have, this, for some reason, they, they have to put... They have to mail fetal uh, uh, Emma Watson back to England. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 stork drops the box in in the wrong country, and they have to mail her Hold back on. to her parents. This is a Foley question. What Foley? It's yeah. 1998. You're making practical magic. The solution to Sandra Bullock's curse is obviously lesbianism. What 1998 actress do you pair Sandra Bullock with? This is very much so a Foley yeah, question. Rachel Weisz, because didn't she make the um, mummy right around then? So she would Rachel Weisz would have been, been, been rising. Would have been okay. Yeah. Yeah. But then they're too dark hair. Yeah, I was about to say they're too. Oh, you gotta it's have. It's better if it's if you Either get two different a, like yeah. A redhead. You need or the ice cream on Sunday. You need the vanilla then. chocolate and the strawberry syrup. So you can't. Yeah. Have, you can't. You can't have, have a redhead because that's your sister. Yeah. So you have to. You have to a find blonde. a good blonde. Nineteen ninety-eight blonde actress who you'd want to see grind up on Sandra Bullock. Here, you think about this. You come back with your results if you come up with a solution. Foley's on it. I've got the best minds of our generation on it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Bill, tell me about... So you watched Sleepy Hollow. Uh, Tell me about Oculus and Monster Squad. I'm sorry. I'm looking at 1998 actresses. Uh, uh, Famous people born in 1998. That's a whole thing? That's not acceptable. Oh no! Wait, 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 wait! Hold, hold on, hold on. Who are this these? is everybody's favorite part of the podcast, where we stop and look at the internet. Uh, Kate Blanchett or Gwyneth Paltrow—they were the—they—they uh, they were the ones nominated for best actresses in 1998. Kate Blanchett would be like, "Oh, you know who I choose? What's her butt from Titanic?" Kate oh. Winslet. Kate Winslet is a different type of woman. You need someone who is like some who where because Sandra Bullock is kind of tall and thin. Well, this is the Kate, thing you do, especially if this is a romantic comedy and it's gonna have a small budget. You need to get someone cheap who stars already on the decline. So instead of going for 1998's <laughs> biggest stars, yeah, you have to go because like yeah, Titanic was the year before. Uh, yeah, Helena wait, Helena Bonham Carter, Diane Keaton, maybe question mark. Sorry. Susan Sarandon. How's that? 
Hey Bill, tell me about Oculus and Monster Squad. Uh, wait, do, uh, Oculus, man. So you guys did not watch Oculus? No. You guys should check out Oculus. It's it's a surprisingly cool little uh, horror movie. It's not too bloody, not too violent, but it does have a couple gruesome parts where even I was like, it takes a lot for me watching a horror movie to get, kind of get all. Mrr. But uh, so Oculus is about. It's Amy Pond. It's a movie starring Amy Pond. And the movie's weird oh, I remember hearing about this movie. Yeah, it's a yeah. I had never heard anything about this. How the hell did I even find out about this movie? I can't remember. But yeah, it's a horror movie starring Amy Pond. It's about how when she was a kid, she and her brother lived in this... They, her family moved into this house. They moved into this house, uh-huh. and her parents, in order to decorate this house, buy this giant magic mirror. They don't know it's magic, of course. But it turns into... It's essentially like if you made a horror movie out of the Mirror of Arisid from Harry Potter. This is the okay, movie you yeah. would get because it's this magic mirror that kind of like causes people to go crazy and people to waste away seeing what they want to see in front of the mirror and stuff like that. And so the movie jumps back and forth between all the bad shit that went down uh, with this family like like 10 or 11 years ago with modern day and, you know, Amy Pond plays... I can't remember the actress's name. All I know it's Amy Pond. Uh, was it Karen Gillan? Karen Gillan? Uh, yeah. yeah, so it's about her and her brother modern day trying to uh, deal with this mirror while you kind of see, well, it cuts back and forth between uh, modern day and what happened to their family with the mirror in the first place, like 11 years ago. Hmm. And it does a okay. lot of great, um, it's more of a suspense movie because there's some horrific stuff in there. Like I said, there's, there's a couple bits with blood, but it's not like, you don't have people getting their heads chopped off or anything like that. There's a couple, it's funny, one of the most things that got to me in a movie in years, it happened in this movie. It's someone just picking at their finger too much. And it's not bloody. It's not like they rip off the end of their finger or anything like that. But that's enough something enough that I do that I was like, oh, God, no. And he just ends up <laughs> bleeding. And I was like, oh, that's just, I don't know. It was mundane enough that it really kind of got yeah. under my skin. And uh, there's a couple other things. But it's, it's, it's a little more psychological than, yeah. it's more of a suspense movie than it is a horror movie. Uh, yeah. It's, you should, there's eh, stuff. You should, it's, at least, the less I say about it, the better. I, I think okay. you would enjoy it more, but um, I think it's on iTunes. You can write it for six bucks. I'm sure it's an, an internet dumpster near you. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I had a good time watching that shit. And it's almost awesome. kind of pretty cinematography this. And it's Amy Pond. She actually, her character in the movie, like, officially, she shows up with her brother, and she has this whole thing at the beginning of the movie where she, um is out to try to prove to the world that this mirror is fucked up. And her yeah. diatribe about talking... She has this whole diatribe where she talks about how she's done all this history about this mirror and what it yeah. can do to people. She has enough... Like, it's Amy Pond, but she has enough gravity to... Like, she's, like... When she's giving the speech about the history of the mirror and stuff, and, like, she seems, like, actually kind of pissed off. I was like, oh, man, I I, I miss her. She's... This is... I don't know. I like yeah. her as an actress. It was, it, she's got some gravity to her, which I did not really expect that much. Um yeah. Even though she is kind of still just like Amy Pond, but now she's just pissed off because her family's dead because of Magic Mirror. You know, she's not, not like she's acting completely different. Or anything oh, like that. But yeah, Oculus, not that bad. It's a nice little surprise movie. If you don't know anything about it, if you go into it, it's, it's good. And uh, yeah, no, I was mentioning before about how Dylan, she loves Sleepy Hollow, the old Tim Burton movie. Yeah. Which is funny to think that's old, but that did come out like in... That's like 1998. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. It's like an, no, it's, it's, it's sooner film. than that. Cause we, I remember talking on Live Journal about Sleepy Hollow. So, what? So, what? What are, what are your opinions on Sleepy Hollow? I didn't fucking see it. Are you kidding me? Have you never seen it? 
1999. Oh, really? That's older than I thought. So we should do it. Uh, we should, we, man, Annie, we could have gotten together no. about it. Practical Magic, Sleepy Hollow Double Fuck Feature. Tim Burton. You want to l- get me to lose interest in a movie? Say, oh, Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. There's <laughs> no way to get me to lose I mean, interest. This is before Johnny Depp's kind of got overdone in pop culture. I mean, this is even before he had Pirates no, of the Caribbean and stuff. I mean, I'm not is... talking about the time when the movie was made. I'm saying that I, Annie, am poisoned by Johnny Depp and never want to consume <sighs> another Johnny like Depp Edward? movie again. Jo- Edward's fine. Did, did you not cry at the end of Edward Scissorhands? I've never seen Edward Scissorhands and I never will. Oh, why? I never fucking will. There are some movies that have been... <laughs> you I've, I've Practical seen... Magic, but you won't watch Edward Scissorhands. Bill... I watched Practical Magic because the person I have sex with said we have to watch Practical Magic. Well, if a person who loves you, too, nope. who says... Nope. Nope. Uh, nope. Edward Scissorhands is not necessarily the best movie ever made. Um, it's not my jam. I'm not... The, I, I have a knee-jerk reaction against uh, that a certain type of gothy, triacly like thing that Tim Burton's really good at. Yeah. I really dislike Tim Burton Tim Burton as a filmmaker just because his point of view and his tone just right there off the bat are not my jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed Wood is, I think, my favorite Tim Burton movie. I'll say that. Well, that's the um, one movie you made that's more just a movie that's not necessarily just a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. Um, it actually, fil- it's filmed on real sets with real people. It's not just like on a soundstage with like crinkly trees and bullshit and like, yeah. it's not, it's not John, Johnny Depp and like striped tights dancing around and shit like that. Yeah. I do also like the original Frankenweenie, the short film Frankenweenie. Which is... Okay, update. He turned that into another movie. Yeah, he did. That actually come out? Yes, it did. Oh my god, that must have been years ago now. now I just received an email from Foley in the living room. Uh, (sighs) She's thought about it. She's thought about this a lot, actually. In the movie, Sandra Bullock winds up with Aiden Quinn, who is the cop investigating the murder of the shitty boyfriend. So Foley says, um... Uh, she's okay with brunette on brunette if the other brunette is Jennifer Connelly because Jennifer Ooh. Connelly would make a really good cop. So that's Foley's uh, lesbian recasting of Practical Magic. Would be a good cop? That's literally her thesis. Yes, that's what. Oh, she, that's that literally when, like, Dark City came out. Isn't that Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Connelly joint too? I have never seen Dark City. Oh man, Dark Again, City. Not my jam. You know what? <laughs> I want to go into a blockbuster video and take all the video copies of Dark City <laughs> and change City to shitty because that's what that movie is. <laughs> I hated Dark City. But I think that I think that is a Jennifer Connelly thing, though. I, I, I think it's another thing where she's kind of a little bit like the Rocketeer where she was hired just to kind of look like the 50s ingenue kind of like a lady. Um, uh, yes, Jennifer Connelly was in Dark City. Oh god! And that was also 1998. Bill, you're on fire. Oh, see, I know my moves. I I tend to. I'm not always like year specific, but I'm very good at like remembering genre, like when movies like even just visually I'm pretty good at just like if you show me a movie I'm pretty good at guessing when see, it was I am I am looking at 1998 Jennifer Connelly in Dark City and I would want to see her as a femi butchy cop that would be pretty great is she kind of butchy in the in the pictures wait wait, wait Dark Fuck City no Fuck no, she's not. I'm saying I would like to see a Femi Butchie cop. She's like, she'd be too young. I think she was like, at least I remember her only kind of being like, like she was only like, like maybe 20 years old. I mean, she's, she's older than that, but like, I don't know. Oh no, yeah, now that I'm approved. looking at her, she's kind of older Bill then. is saying, nah, because he's Bill. But because he says she's too, would she be a good cop? Would 
literally said, I'd like to see her as a cop. I would love to see like Jennifer Connelly as a cop now. Yeah, here's a cop now would actually be really Oh, you good. saw Noah this week. We did watch Noah. Wasn't that not... My feelings on Noah are very complicated, and I don't know if I actually want to talk I, about it, because I know, am... There's not a lot to... Because I don't even know what I would say about Noah, too, other than it's the weirdest science fiction movie I've ever seen in a theater. It is a very... Noah's a very strange movie, and also it's strange in how... I, I had heard people say that it was, like, kind of a weirdly science fiction post-apocalyptic movie, when really it's a, um, it's, well, it is, it was surprisingly literal in using some things from Genesis. Like, for example, Noah getting drunk and being discovered by his sons and that being kind of a turning point in his son leaving is actually in Genesis. Only in that case, Noah actually banishes him and damns all his children to be slaves. But potato, potato. Uh, That's a son ham too, right? Yes, it's ham. <laughs> uh huh. Yes, this movie does feature Russell Crowe screaming "ham, ham" <laughs> repeatedly, uh, leading to my Ponyo Noah fanfiction. <laughs> yeah, the, that movie. Ponyoa. Well, you were talking oh about my... how you it's interesting because that movie is very much about heterosexuality, people getting repaired so they can continue having babies. It's a very family it... kind of like. Like I said, that's one of the reasons why I kind of struggling talking about it because it's I'm I I come from a, a, a pretty heartfelt Judeo Christian background. I actually considered becoming a Catholic nun. Yeah. At one time, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a Catholic priest. I went to Catholic school through elementary school and high school. My relationship with and I considered converting to Judaism in high school. So my relationship with faith is something I've been struggling with a lot lately over the last couple of years because the Catholic Church has made it pretty clear they don't want me. Yeah. Um, and uh, in many, many ways, many times over, beyond my homosexuality. Did you that they shot down the, the Catholic Church, shot down the whole, like, opening ticket? Yes, I did. Yeah, that kind of... Um, but, Annie, does the inclusion of rock lords not make you... <laughs> does that not rock your faith worse than anything else? I... The movie was interesting, but my... It's been... It kind of sent me... I don't know, man. I've been thinking a lot about it lately. One thing I do like about it is that I did not like Noah. I didn't, but I keep thinking about it because it's played on themes that are themes that I'm usually thinking about anyway. And it's interesting to see um, a movie with the Old Testament God, which is um, uh, the Old Testament not God is very much so brutal, unknowable, and alien. And it's I it kind of put me in a Halloweeny mood in that um, there's nothing more terrifying than serving yeah, the Old Testament that, God, yeah. um, and uh, I think this movie handled it pretty good. I don't know. It's just I my feelings with faith are really complicated. My feeling and my feelings with uh, weirdly pervasively and logically heteronormative things are kind of complicated. Uh, any movie where a woman is disinterested in having sex until she can procreate. I'm gonna feel a little weird about. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but, but, the one big win with showing Foley Noah is that Foley is now on Team Jennifer Connelly. Oh, yeah, no, that's, now. I mean, that's the whole reason why I brought Noah up to begin with, because, yeah. Foley had been of the opinion, and Jennifer Connelly is the first woman that I ever thought was really, really pretty from The Rocketeer. Mm-hmm. Rocketeer came out when I was six, I want to say, oh, and man, my big takeaway from it was that, yeah. 
uh, was that um, Jennifer Connelly was the most beautiful woman I had ever seen. And um, uh, the um, Foley's opinion of Jennifer Connelly has been, quote, that she has bitch face, unquote. <laughs> Which, I mean, if you're coming from a certain point of view, she's not wrong. I would Which not want I... to be stared down by Jennifer Connelly or looked down upon by, because that would just be withering. But to have that be the only opinion of Jennifer <laughs> Connelly was always, honestly, kind of a little hurtful to me. Yeah, so I can see I'm, that. I'm really excited that Foley is on board with Team Jennifer Connelly. I just picture if Jennifer Connelly had ever died, Foley just kind of sneaking in the cemetery writing bitch face and lipstick on her tombstone. That's absolutely the first thing you should go to, Bill. That oh. seems the most likely. Um, but yeah, no, anyway. it's, it's kind of weather-beaten Jennifer Connelly. And she's, she's, she's. I, I mean, everything else aside from the movie, it's worth it just because... Just well, especially seeing that movie in the big screen, like j- giant Jennifer Connelly face, because there's a thousand close-ups of her weather-beaten face with her hair whipped and just like, it's like, uh, how you doing? And even like, uh, yeah, going back to Emma, was it Emma Watson? Mm-hmm. I, was, I thought she was fine in it. I, I'm sorry, I was looking at uh, Academy Award nominees for late 90s, and Emily Watson shows up a whole bunch, and I, yeah. I get easily confused. Um, Emily Watson would also be a good cop. You think so? I believe her as a cop. I don't know who Emily Watson is. Emily Watson is the love interest in Equilibrium. What? That quality oh, classic. We watched that together, I don't even remember that. She's the love interest in um, uh, my favorite movie, Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. Uh, she tells Adam Sandler that she wants to scoop out his eyeballs and eat them. Oh yeah, that's tender right. Love scene. I need. Um, to. I like. I like her, and I would actually believe her as a kind of hardened cop sort of yeah. character. That'd be pretty good. But yeah, no. Anyway, yeah, no. Like Emma Watson, I like the fact that she's not wearing like t- tons of makeup in this movie. She kind of looks like a normal human being. <laughs> but then the movie turns into a murder mystery on the boat. Like once you think the movie's gonna be over, it kind of goes on for an extra hour. It's like, did we need this extra plot? And I don't know. Well, it's a, the point of Noah is not what you would perceive the concept to, or con, uh, that what an outsider would be the climax to be, which would be the actual arc. The arc is not the point of Noah. The arc is almost kind of ancillary to Noah, the movie. It's like, it's kind of there, but they kind of graze over a lot of it. In it's the really Bible, just a set magic on which the drama happens. I'm sorry, what was that? In the Bible, is there magic snakeskin gloves or whatever the hell that was? That was one of the weirder things in this movie that I'm still trying to figure out what exactly they were trying to say. Yeah. So, not to get all... Man, I don't know, man. No, it's fine. We're talking about it. You can talk... If you want to talk about it, you can talk about it. It's... The person that I really enjoyed talking about Noah about was my friend Brenna, just because my friend Brenna was a Sunday school teacher for a while, and her feelings on depictions of the Old Testament are very, very strong. And her her relationship with Faith is something that, even though it is different from mine, it's I respect the hell out of her. She's a smart kid, and I like talking to her about this stuff. But um, it's weird to talk to you about it. Okay. But anyway, um, the, there's one thing. Like I said, they do a, some weirdly literal stuff from the Bible. Like, the Ark is kind of cube-shaped. and uh, yeah, I the, did like that. It really is just a giant shoebox filled with animals. And the, you know, Noah drunken naked, why not? And his yeah. sons cover him without looking at him and all that stuff. But then there are things like um, Noah's father. There's like this coming of age thing in the sons of Seth, which is the line that Noah is in. Yeah. Where they, the father wraps his arm with the skin of the snake from the garden. Yeah. That then starts to glow, and then he touches his son in kind of like a um, hand of God sort of thing, like in the um, uh, uh, painting in the mural. In the, yeah. 
running out of sentence. Anyway, and then that is like a coming of age, you are a man sort of thing. And it's a kind of a like this visual plot point or like this visual indicator of their traditions and who they are. And kind of and passing on that lineage and, and kind of yeah. like, yeah, kind of like charged with the, kind of being the leaders of that, that yeah, of, of, of that family, yeah. And it's just kind of a weird thing to choose the skin of the snake. And to, again, I, to me, because like the Bible is just science fiction anyway, it just kind of seemed like, it just seemed to heighten the Bible, kind of like the weird fictional stuff of the Bible to me anyway, but... Like I just, but I'm, I'm just trying to figure out the in world. Like I get that it's like, oh, here is this magical talisman. Continue. Yeah, but I can't, I can't say that. That's like to me, it's like why, why would you, as a storyteller, choose to have these people who were. Who, where this is arguably the catalyst of all suffering in the world. So I'm like, is it kind of like an acknowledgement of that, that this is the world they live in, that the choice was made and it still touches See, them? See, that's what I was assuming. Down. Like, it's kind of like, yeah, like kind of a reminder of the, of have, having fallen and why they fell anyway. And like, it kind of like, yeah, I kind of a touchstone back to that. Yeah. That, it's I mean, weird that's what I interpret it as being. Literally everything in their life is a reminder. I know. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're like, they are, they they are um, they're constantly harassed and tr- attempted murdered by the other sons of Adam and Eve. Yeah, the Lord of the Rings are, guys. Yeah, it was just like crazy. Man, one thing, you go ahead. The one thing that was hilarious about that movie is that it's ultimately a movie about a militant vegan. <laughs> I can totally see that. Yeah. It's um, bizarre. Also, There's a scene at the open opening where um, Noah's son picks a flower, and Noah's like, what the fuck are you doing? We don't pick flowers. <laughs> we don't do I, that. I do appreciate a movie where the main character is such like an unrepentant douchebag. And it, mm-hmm. it's Old Testament stuff. It makes sense. He's he's the, he's the follower of this fucked up God, and like he can't be shaken from his faith. And, well, I he can't be. Like, I mean, that's an issue, but yeah. I did not like Russell Crowe as Noah. Really? I did not think. Who would you have cast think, as Noah, assuming that the, like the, he would have followed, followed that script? But I am not the sort of person where I was thinking of recasting him. But my issue with Russell Crowe was um, you. I didn't see he, his face is too hardened and too unknowable. Oh yeah, his eyes are too cold. Like you don't. It's you don't. I don't get enough from him. It's the there, eyes of a fanatic, not a person. Not even that. His his eyes are just they're just like kind of Well, they don't focus and they also shoot off in three thousand different directions that thousand. That's years not stare. even that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the the like just the emotion you don't get much emotion from his eyes without getting them from his the rest of his face. Like when he makes these terrible and difficult choices, he just turns to stone and he is not yeah. there's no man to him. And that's not what that's about to me. Like if it were about a warrior or a soldier or a general, like in he did a great job in Gladiator because that's important yeah. that he becomes something else. And this the whole point is that Noah is a man. See, the other thing about this movie is like the two main dudes, him and the other bad guy, they're both puffy old dudes who look like they're made out of sweaty pork. <laughs> They're both kind of like they're both sweaty, porky, white, brownie kind of guys in mud and like kind of sweaty, porky clothes and just kind of like ugh. that whole movie smells like crotch. I don't know, man. I feel that movie. You're saying Denzel should have played Noah. That movie sent me into a funk that I'm still trying to get out of. So, but at least at least I thought it was a creative choice to actually have the arc sink. And suddenly they're all rescued by Hugh Jackman in a magic bubble. 
Bill, tell me about Monster Squad. Monster Squad. We never even, we've tried to talk about Sleepy Hollow twice now. We haven't. Okay, so Sleepy Hollow. Dylan wanted to watch Sleepy Hollow. I got the Blu-ray Sleepy Hollow. We watched Sleepy Hollow. That movie is both prettier and funnier than I remembered it being. Because I remember the first time I saw it, I was not that impressed. Uh, of course, I was helped by the fact that Dylan gave a feature-length commentary to Sleepy Hollow. I knew she liked the movie Sleepy Hollow. I didn't realize she was an expert about the creation of that movie. Um, I guess that I guess that movie really impacted her far more than I thought. Uh, she was yeah. talking about how like whole the design of the town and everything that like that really influenced her comic Family Man, and uh, she was just really just like giving out like literally like the whole scene by scene commentary like oh that character is this and the reason they shot it like this and stuff. And Sleepy Hollow is interesting because it's a weird super atmospheric. Uh, Hollywood film filmed almost completely on sound stages, and it, it, hmm. they're, they're not, it's it's very obvious in its kind of artificiality, which is interesting. Yeah, hmm. and uh, Dylan kept on pointing out how it's very much almost like a Hammer horror movie in that way, and that was kind hmm. of interesting to watch. But yeah, now, there is nothing pretty... better What's than that? watching a there is nothing better than watching a movie with someone who loves that movie. Yeah, that who, who you love them because then it's like there's like this heightened yeah everything to it, and it can't help but become part of that experience and part of that moment. Well, part of your yeah, it's not so person. much yeah like in that kind of situation, it's not so much like watching a movie as almost like a, like seeing a window in that person's soul a little bit because like they're so yeah. like that movie is so much about them and they're they're kind of like you know, trying to explain this stuff, not only explain the movie but explain how it impacted them and everything like that but mm-hmm. yeah it's an interesting moment of kind of like bearing the soul even though it's just passively watching a movie it's kind of an interesting yeah i don't know uh, what i'm saying That's is why that you, guys, be... you and brenda should rewatch noah and record a commentary together it can be um kind of yeah it's it's interesting to watch a movie that's very important to you with someone who is important to you yeah it's a very kind of vulnerable moment sort of thing. Yeah. I go through this a lot with poor, poor Foley, and vice versa, and I'm always, a, I, bless her, I'm usually a turd during her important movies. Um, like Practical but, Magic? Like Practical Goddamn Magic. Oh, fuck it. Foley's gone. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was actually cute, but it was... I know, I know, I know, I know. That's very the funny thing is like when someone shows you their, like, their soul-bearing movie, and you're just like, I, okay whatever it kind of bounces off you or if you're the opposite thing where you're like guys i'm gonna show you this movie it's so important to me and everyone else is like checking their phones and it's like oh man come on that's to be fair um fully the first time i showed her the man who would be king yeah fully's reaction was such like absolute revulsion and horror <laughs> Which is not not unjustified, I'll say that. So, anyway, blah, 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 movies. Tell me about Monster Squad, Bill, so we can finish the segment. Uh, Monster Squad, have you ever seen Monster Squad? Nope. This is some classic movie I've always heard about for some reason I'd never seen as a kid. I think it came out, like, maybe 1985, which would make it the same uh, vintage as The Goonies. And Mm -hmm. watching this movie for the first time as an adult, I can totally see why people who have not seen The Goonies until they were an adult, why they go, what the fuck is this Goonies shit? This Goonie movie is fucking terrible. Because the Monster Squad... The Monster Squad isn't terrible. It's just... I've always heard people talk about it in such glowing yeah. terms. And it's just so stupid. Uh, the Monster Squad is this like mid-80s movie about this uh, bunch of kids. Like the, It's the Monster Squad. Uh, they're super fans of old classic universal uh, horror monster movies. And uh, suddenly Frankenstein, Dracula... Creature from the Black Lagoon and the Mummy suddenly show up in their small town and start wrecking havoc, and the Monster, monster Squad has to fight these monsters. And the, the creature effects and everything are really good. The production values of the movie are really nice. 
But the movie, the kids are like, that's like the movie was produced by Nintendo Power. Because like everyone's like wearing like super colorful jams and like this, everyone's swearing and calling each other a fag and homo. And it's like so, but everyone's also still just like, it's, it's really hard to describe how much of like a mid 80s kids movie it is. Yeah. Where the kids are all like, just super sassy, but kind of like in this bland, uninteresting way. And the kid actors are not very good. And it doesn't hurt that the, uh, the the monsters that they're fighting are led by Dracula. And they the guy they hired to play Dracula is the blandest Dracula Aww. I've ever seen. He's this super, super just kind of like bland-faced guy with his big bucket jaw who has absolutely no personality to him. And he's dressed like a Dracula from, like, a costume shop. It's not even like he looks like... It doesn't, it doesn't even look as good as, like, Bela Lugosi Dracula. He's just, like, in this yeah. really cheap costume. He's, like, the least threatening Dracula possible. Mm. On the flip side, though, is Frankenstein. And because it's not... It's, you know, it's not a universal movie, so they couldn't do the whole, like, Boris Karloff, like, green bucket-headed sure. Frankenstein. So they had to kind of kind of come up with their own, like, flesh-colored, kind of more gummy uh, Frankenstein. But whoever played Frankenstein in the movie is actually really good. And he actually... Frankenstein turns tides, and he actually helps the Monster Squad fight the other monsters. And it actually... It's very cute. It's one of the best Frankensteins I've ever seen in the movies. That's not the Karloff Frankenstein. But the yeah. Dracula is so fucking bad. <laughs> it really is. Like, it doesn't feel like you, like a vampire. It really feels like someone's dad who's dressed up like Frank, like Dracula, just kind of like threatening these kids in this oh. neighborhood. And this, it's, uh, yeah, there's no drama to the movie at all. It's just like, oh my God. Anyway, but that's Monster Squad. It's not terrible. It's just... It's just not good. I, if I had seen that in 1985, I would have probably been more, more like into it. But like, man, it's just still, oh, it's 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 full of farts. Uh, that's Monster Squad. What else? Oh, what else? Indeed. Oh, oh I, I forgot to talk about the Korra game. Talk about it, and then let's wrap up this. Grace, <laughs> yeah, just get the hell out of here. Well, no, Bill's like, ah, this won't be a very long boy howdy. We talked for an hour. <laughs> Bill well, yeah, it's because we spent half and talk about Noah and Practical Magic, which I'm totally yes. fine with. Um, uh, no, what's what's up with the core game? The core game is terrible. That's what I keep hearing. Which is funny because a lot of the previews were kind of making it sound like, yeah, oh, this may be like the licensed game that totally bucks the trend and it is totally the licensed game. It is totally a throwback to terrible console, licensed console games like we haven't had yeah. since like the days of like maybe the PlayStation 2. Um, people mm. pointed out like, it, it's been a thing I've seen people, some, uh, some people talk about like, why don't we get like, terrible licensed console video games anymore? And yeah. it's been pointed out because all those games, all the terrible licensed games are now iOS games. Yeah. They're cheaper to produce. They sell more. Mm -hmm. They have uh, much more money making. So this is a weird throwback to like, yeah, like a, like a console video game that's based off a of licensed property. That's that's really terrible. And also people have made a big deal out of the fact that this is uh, the core game was produced by Platinum Games, which they just yeah. also put up uh, uh, Bayonetta 2 this week. Yeah. And so, yeah, they put out one of the worst games of the year and one of the best games of the year in the same week. Um, <laughs> And it's Which obvious, is pretty like, impressive. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine like the Nickelodeon money that was supposed to go into Legend of Korra probably probably helped them probably push uh, Bayonetta too long. It's just the Korra game isn't abjectly horrible. It's just the production values are terrible. Like you're running around uh, Republic City, and it's like you're running through a closet with like kind of like wallpapers of like buildings, but like there's no features. Oh. It just looks like. Even the scale of your core to the buildings around here just seems a little bit off. It feels like you're running around like a Chuck E. Cheese 
playset that's kind of done up to look like Republic City. Oh, that's terrible. And you start off the game, like, you're stripped of all your powers, so the first, like, half hour of the game, you're just punching and kicking it. It does the kind of thing, Metroid thing, where you're stripped of your powers and you have to go recollect them uh, throughout the course right. of the game. But, like, the story, I guess, I guess the game takes place right after the events of the second book, right after Korra fights, like, the big Unalak evil avatar game right. and all that kind of stuff. But okay. so she gets her power struck for her by like this random evil spirit bad guy who looks like something from the world's cheapest anime. And the and what, what little story there is is like the most like just generic. It doesn't even feel like a Korra game. Like you're playing as Korra and it's, she's voiced by Janet Varney, but almost none of the other characters from the show show up. So she's pretty much by herself in these empty hallways that are supposed to look like a city fighting the same two or three uh, like, just equalist bender guys. She's not even yeah. really fighting monsters or anything like that. And, like, yeah, it's just, it's just, there's nothing, it's just terrible. It's just, yeah. There's just nothing to hang your hat on. And the combat, like, awful. it's only, you're only ever pressing two buttons, and the combat's, like, super simple, but, like, the bosses that you're fighting are huge, like, bullet sponges that, like, take half an hour to take down, and the combat's, eh, it's just, yeah. But it's only 15 bucks. I'm kind of glad to throw my 15 bucks in there just to say, hey, I support the creation of Avatar video games, but yeah. man, yeah, it's 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 pretty goddamn rough. I'm glad the proud tradition of terrible Avatar video games goes unbroken. Yeah. But it is kind of nice to have a video game. We do. I mean, Cora she moves well, and he, when you press the button, it's Janet Corny saying, "I'm gonna get you." So at least for that <laughs> moment, it's like, "Hey, Cora." Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. The only thing yeah, that bums me out there's a whole bunch of costumes you can, you can unlock. And Cora yeah. has cool costumes on that show. I wanted to dress her up, like, as an equalist or, like, this or that. Uh, you know what? I want to fight as when, in the first season, she sneaks into a rally with Mako. And she's got, like, a little, like, 1920s, like, dumbbell hat and a scarf. Yeah. And, like, the big, like, overlong jacket. She looks very dopey but very cute. I just want to fight everyone in that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, Legend of Korra is not good. Oh man, but the the show continues on. I really liked the episode that aired on Friday. That What's was a really good that? one. Uh, where uh, she heals herself of the poison. Oh yeah, that's right. And the kids show up. That was a really good episode. Oh, that whole actually the ending of that episode was fantastic. Yeah, where that she finally really gets great. her shit back together a little bit. That was so good. It's really interesting to have Legend of Korra kind of ham fistedly, but deal with a young woman coping with PTSD. Mm-hmm. It's interesting yeah. that between this and Hunger Games, you have these two pieces of media about teenage girls dealing with PTSD. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I'm not I'm not smart enough to say anything at length about it, but Oh, it's me, yeah, you neither, but it was... Well, what'd you think about the rest of... Because that's only literally, like, the last five minutes of that episode. What'd you think of the rest of the stuff with all the siblings? The, the, the with, with the Airbender kids. It felt very old school uh, Avatar. Like first season, first like three episodes Avatar, yeah. where it's like, "I'm your brother, I'm your sister, I hate you, your feet stink, blah blah blah." But I liked, I liked things like, "What's the other sibling that no one remembers? Not the little boy, not the, the older girl, the super young son that no one ever cares about anymore." The no, 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 the middle, the middle girl oh, e- who's. Yeah, I liked all the stuff with her and the um, Earth Nation guy. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Where she like pulls her cute, arms yeah. out of the ropes and is pointing and stuff, and like she's bonding with them because they're like, yeah, we're, we get left behind all the time. Too. Yeah, exactly. I thought that yeah, was kind yeah, of no, great. It was, it, was, it was super cute, and you get old, you know, you got old Toph still sitting there grumping around and stuff like that. It was some good shit. I liked that shit. <sighs> yeah, no, of course. So I guess she's gonna go fight Kuvira next week. I guess maybe. 
don't know, man. Man, we'll people love Kuvira, man. I love, especially her eyebrows. There seems to be a whole Tumblr community just about the the villain of Avatar uh, of the Legend of Korra this year. Uh, yeah, people are just in love with that lady's eyebrows, which kind of cracks me up. They're very in love with the bull. Yeah, that's a great. I just I don't know. Korra's gonna get. I'm sure Korra's gonna get her ass kicked, and then she's gonna have to rebound and then come back and fight her again or something like that. I don't know. It's gonna be good. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about. It. What else? Hey, everybody, we can take a little break. We'll be back for the Geek Week and review. Woo! Hi, I'm real glad to meet you. Even if your ears don't come to a point. Eddie, that's very rude of you to comment on our visitor's ears. Now you apologize this instant and say you're sorry. Okay, I'm very sorry that you don't have pointed ears. That's better. I'm really sorry for anyone who doesn't have pointed ears. A nice sharp fang. Because I've had them all my life, and I have more fun than any kid I know. I hate to look like every other child looks, and have the kind of face most folks admire. With pointed ears and fangs, I may get wild looks, but I really love the comments I inspire. Hey everybody, welcome to the Geek Recon Review. Once again, this are notes that Bill has written uh, about the geek world at large, and I'm reading them for the first time, though I did add one of my own. Oh no. Uh, Costume Quest 2 will be released on the PS3 and PS4 on October 28th, just in time for Halloween. Man, that's kind of close. I'm excited about it. I was actually wondering, my wife and I were kind of like, we want to play Costume Quest 2, I guess we'll have to like figure out getting it for... Like the computer and playing it on our TV somehow, and because we don't have a gaming PC in our living room, is yet. that not out uh, at least on PCs right now? It is. That's why I was saying that we'll have to figure out getting a PC and playing it together in the living room. Okay. So I'm glad that they're releasing it on consoles because that heard, I've heard people talk about it and not necessarily good reviews about it. So that's yeah, that's why I thought it was already out. But yeah, okay, it is. Yeah. It is already out. They're releasing it for consoles for PS3 and PS4. Yeah, that's weird. Just would, like, wait until like two days before Halloween to actually put that on consoles. You know, console releases and PC releases are two very different. Oh, I things, know, I know, I know. But you still, know? you, you got to jump through give all a... the. For that being so seasonal, because you don't get seasonal video games very often, you think you want to put that out like a month before Halloween, not just like two days. It was announced very recently, so my guess is that they just finished going well, through exactly, all yeah. of the Sony hoops and everything like that. Yeah. So I'm just looking forward to it. There's also another game called Home. Uh, a horror game that's coming out for PS4, uh, I think, around the same time. So I'm excited. Uh, Foley and I are going to uh, snuggle up and give out candy and play uh, Costume Quest 2 on Halloween. Oh, that's right. I'm having people over. I'm going to have a little movie night at my place. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, we're, we, I, I'm just so excited about playing Costume Quest with my wife that I, I that sounds like the perfect Halloween to me. Yeah, no, that sounds like really cute. Man, I got, some, I got two boxes of full candy bars coming from Amazon.com. So I'm going to be that guy handing out the food cat Because we only get like 12 people a year. So exactly. I can afford to be like, yeah. here's two full-size Reese's Cups. You know, yeah. like, you know, all that kind yeah. of shit. So. Did, That's actually you... a good idea. I should pro- I should do that. Were you the one telling us about demon-sized candy bars? Well, yeah, we got we got this demon demon bag of candy bars. Yeah, and it's hilarious. Foley and I have been joking that they're called demon bars because they're a, they're even smaller than fun size bars. Which, so it's like, what is more that? devilish than that? Ugh. The fact that they're called demon size even suggests that like like the demon just fucked you in the butt with a red hot poker because you bought this candy. I'm gonna have to give like two fistfuls out to each kid just to balance it out. Man, yeah, maybe they'll you know they might think you're like you're super cool for handing out that much candy when they get home and like open it up. They're like. Oh, 
motherfuckers. We thought we were getting twice as much candy, but really it's the same as much. It's just twice as much wrapping. Yup. Oh, man. And Wells. In other news, this week Disney officially gave up the film rights to John Carter movies. It was also revealed that the final cost of that John Carter movie was a bit more than $300 million. Yeah, the rumors were it always cost more than $200 million, but $300 fucking million. (laughs) Fucking crazy. Who who directed that movie again? Wasn't it Pete Doctor? From it wasn't Pete Doctor, it was Andrew Stanton. That's it. It was he, He's the one who directed Finding Nemo, and I think he's co-directed some of the other movies and, and co-written stuff, but I think Finding Nemo, Nemo was his one big baby at, at Pixar. And now he's working on Finding Nemo 2. <laughs> Which, <laughs> hey, whatever, you know. Being in charge of a Pixar sequel is not exactly the worst fate for any animator in the animation no. di- uh, industry, but yeah. It's, yeah, that, 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 did you ever see the John Carter movie? I haven't. I've heard that it's not as bad as its giant flop has made it up Yeah, it's not very good, but it's not, it's not that bad. It's definitely not the one of the worst movies ever made, but 300, if you're, if you're watching it though, and you're like going, this costs $300 million, you're going to be like, the fuck did that $300 million go? Because <laughs> it's, 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 it's okay. But yeah, it's, it's not the end of the world, which is funny because I remember I, Mike, friend of the podcast, Mike Russell, he took me to a critic screening of that. And uh, I remember everyone came out and was just like, oh my god, that movie is... Especially, like, the, 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 the narrative, the storytelling in that movie is really lumpy because the movie has, like, three openings. Because yeah. it's kind of like a nested narrative where it's like, you got, like, yeah. this meta-narrative and you got another narrative inside of it. And it kind of, like, the way the movie wraps up kind of does the same thing, too, but it's kind of done in a very clumsy way. And I remember, man, people talking about... I remember that movie... It, kind of going back to the uh, secret... Uh, the uh, How Star Wars Conquered the Universe... Uh, thing about how Disney bought Lucasfilm. I remember when that movie came out because I think uh, that was like the spring of 2012. And I remember everyone talking about, oh man, Disney's going to get fucked in the butt this year. They were all like, oh man, they're going to like, this is this could be like the fall of this regime at Disney. Little did we know at the time they were in the middle of uh, preparing to buy Star Wars. So even when this yeah. movie came out, they were already like, yeah, we don't give a shit. We lost $300 million on this, but guess what we're gonna announce later on this year who gives a shit we'll make five more john carter so it means we get star wars so that movie was already kind of even if that movie had been a success yeah by virtue of the fact that disney was already in the process of buying star wars yeah man meant like even that that movie could made a bazillion dollars i don't think they would have ever made another john carter movie but yeah, yeah so i guess the, uh, the huh, family of what's his face <laughs> I can't is, is that Edgar Rice Burroughs? Oh, yeah, the guy who made Tarzan. So I guess his family just gets the rights back. And although I guess now they're claiming, like, now we can make more proper films with other people. I don't think people are going to be knocking on the doors to make more John Carter Seriously. Um, But yeah, I still appreciate the idea of trying to make, you know, a movie based off of this old hero from, like, 100 years ago. It's kind of an interesting idea, but I don't know. So... Oh, that's the other thing about the secret history of Star Wars thing. This has nothing to do with John Carter's. But t- uh, a big part of the book about the, the per- Disney purchase of Lucasfilm, talking about all the lawyer stuff that happened, because yeah. they interview some of the Lucasfilm employees, uh, including like the guy, I guess, whose job it was at Lucasfilm was just to be in charge of the database of characters, of officially mm-hmm. licensed like you know Star Wars characters, characters who appear, every character who appears in the movies, any character that's even mentioned by name in the books. Yeah. And I guess the guy who was in charge of this database of, of Star Wars characters, he was one of the first people to realize was something up was like in the like in the like I guess in the summer of 2012, like he got a the heads up to like we need you to go back and count every single character in this database. He's like, "Why?" And they're like, "Just do it." And he's like, 
why are they suddenly taking inventory of all the Star Wars characters that have ever been made? And then suddenly yeah. lawyers started showing up and interviewing everyone who had ever worked for Lucasfilm or worked with Lucasfilm uh, about, like, how all of these characters were made so no one could ever come in and, and claim that, like, they were the person who actually originally inspired the creation of, like, Lando Calrissian and stuff like that. Right, and this is right. before anyone knew that Disney was buying Star Wars, but, like, all these, like, people at Lucasfilm being, like, in, like just interrogated by all these lawyers out of the blue. Yeah. It's just kind of an interesting, weird, kind of, like, corporate, I don't know, kind of, ugh, kind of seems kind of a creepy kind of thing to happen, but... It's almost like working for a major corporation always sucks no matter what. But. You gotta cover your butt! What else? What else? The Age of Ultron teaser was released. This is correct as the Avengers 2 movie. James Bader sounds like he's going back to the same Tom Waits sounding well that Heath Ledger drew from in creating his Joker. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, Tom, uh, uh, J- James Bader voices Ultron... The robot guy in <laughs> Avengers. You know, that's I've the second officially... subtitle for the movie. Avengers 2, the Age of Ultron, the robot guy who fights <laughs> the Avengers. I know and give so little fucks about Marvel lore that I'm like, I know Ultron exists because I did read Ultimate Spider-Man at the time when Ultron was being introduced in the Ultimate Universe. Did he fight uh, Spider-Man? I don't fucking know. I just remember uh, seeing, oh, there's ads for Ultron. Okay. He robot. That's the extent of my about, knowledge of Ultron. Do you care? What do, what do you think about the trailer? I mean, we only bring it, this up just because this is like one of the big things that happened in the geek sphere that oh yeah, on yeah, the yeah. this week. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It was like one of the weirder moments, like to have. It, it felt like it was like how is it normal to have this trailer where all these notable actors are superheroes wearing spandex while a CGI robot sings a song from Pinocchio. <laughs> like, it was, was just like... great. Again, it's Disney it like leveraging the fact dream. that it's Disney, but, like, we can now have supervillains sing Pinocchio songs in our trailers. It felt like a weird fever dream, you know? Oh, my God. You know what? Whenever DreamWorks... Whenever they start making uh, Sandman movies... Wait, <laughs> what's, like, a third-rate, like, comic book series they can... Uh... What if, will they sing, what's the Smash Mouth song? That's about sing to the say from, like, Shrek. <laughs> you're an all-star. All it'll be the super dirt, slow dirt, like, you're an all-star. <laughs> it'll be, like, super sarcastic with all this footage of all this, like, it'll be, they'll make a Spawn movie. It'll be pictures of Spawn yeah. getting his back broken. You're an all-star, Spawn baby. going, there can be miracles when you believe. <laughs> That's it. Oh, Fucking weird, weird. Man, is weird. Prince of Egypt still the best Bible movie ever made? Well, it depends on how you define best. What's your favorite? If you have a favorite, because there's so many Bible movies to choose from. I have never thought about it in that okay. way, to be honest with you. You know what, man? How was Annie? Come with me. We'll write and draw. This is the web comic we have to create called the Paw Prince of Egypt. <laughs> That's all you need to know, but that's my pitch. We just go to Disney and we say, guys, 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 guys. It's not even Disney. Disney doesn't own Prince of Egypt. Do you think think DreamWorks is going to make a sequel? We can buy the rights (laughs) for them for five bucks. They actually did make a sequel. Did We we talked about this. Yeah, isn't it like Joseph and the... And his uh, dream coat, man. Yeah, they couldn't say Technicolor because it has copyright, so it's the (laughs) CinemaScope dream coat. 
Uh, the uh, Entertainment Weekly had new covers for Into the Woods this week, revealing Johnny Depp in his wolf outfit. <laughs> so, again, Annie with her incisive... <laughs> Man, how 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 excited are you for this movie and Johnny Depp's character? I am not a big Sondheim friend in general. Yeah. I know this frustrates you because I know how much you love Into the Woods. Into the Woods is fucking fantastic. This is my favorite is movie no, musical. There is no sentence you could make to make me less interested in a project than saying Johnny Depp plays the big bad wolf. In a Sondheim musical. Like, yeah, that's pretty rough. That would make my boner disappear. because he's playing like a zoot suited, kind of like, he's trying to be like the Tex Avery wolf from the Red Hot Riding Hood yeah. cartoon, I guess. It's and just it's just weird. like, it's the crappiest makeup. He's got like this mustache that was painted on in mascara. And it's like, he literally looks like he put together his costume five minutes before he showed up to start filming. No, it doesn't. That's like a really thought out outfit. Like but that is a very terrible. thorough, thorough outfit. Oh my god! Okay, you know what? I'll it's say the this: most Johnny Depp bullshit. He could have done. It is the most Johnny Depp looking thing. I will say this: I'm looking at those Entertainment Weekly trailers, the part that actually distracted me the most was they put a little snowman in the E. In the Entertainment Weekly logo? Oh, I did see that, yeah. Oh, I've got that issue in my bathroom right now, yeah. And every time I'm like, why the f- what the fuck is happening? Why is there a snowman in the E? What's going on? That honestly distracted me more than anything else. <laughs> Andy, I love you, because when I first that issue showed up yesterday in the mail, I, that was my kind of first question, too, is like, because there's yeah. nothing about snowmen in the magazine. Yeah. They just put a snowman in the E just because yeah. they're like, oh... <laughs> Seasonal? I don't know. Again, you're talking about a magazine. Have you actually read Entertainment Weekly re- recently? I not a lot. Everything in the magazine is nothing but snarky. Like the whole last third of the, every issue is just like talking about what's on TV this week, and their preview for every goddamn show is like this episode, uh, this week's episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Something happens. Oh, snarky, snarky, snarky thing. It's like oh, Terry Crews does something. Well. He was in an in, in idiocracy. That's a joke <laughs> or something like that. We're not even talking about like what the episode is. It's just like yeah. the whole magazine is trying to like be like full of like this kind of like online social media like like Twitter Facebook snark and without mm. actually any writing anymore. And it's fucking terrible. But I, it's yeah. great because it is great bathroom reading though. <laughs> you get to read about Interstellar, which I don't know. That's coming out like in a week and a half. Yeah, Interstellar is on its way, man. Are you interested in the Interstellar at all? Oh yeah, I'm gonna go see it at the Hollywood in uh, 35 millimeter. Oh, that's what right. they're doing that. I might actually go. Be oh shit, I forgot about that. I'll give you a call when we go, and we'll uh, we'll I do a thing. I might actually take you up on that. That might be. Yeah, I thought that was coming out like like at the end of the month or closer to Christmas. I don't realize it comes out like in a week and a half. It's like, like the first week in November. right? It comes. You know what? It comes out the same day as Jimmy Conley's wedding. <laughs> okay, then I won't go. Be won't be seeing an opening day, man. Last night, I had a panic attack for the first time about my wedding because it occurred to me that we're having our wedding on Father's Day. And I didn't think anything about it at the time because I was like, well, I'm going to have my dad there. Like, seriously, that was my thought. I was like, well, my the dads in my life are going to be there. Yeah. But it occurred to me, how rude is it to have a wedding in the evening of Father's Day? Yeah. Like, and it's like, but I already put down the fucking deposit and everything. It's going to happen. I mean, you're smart in that most of your friends are orphans. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. I'm such an asshole. What are you going to do? It genuinely didn't occur to me until Is last Is it too late night. to kick it back a week? 
No, I can't. I put down a fucking deposit. That's not how that shit deposit works. Deposit for which part? For the venue for that night. Oh, really? That's not how it works. If I cancel. Father's Day party instead? No, don't worry about I'm, it. I'm an idiot. I'm Who an idiot. Who cares? Who cares? Anyway, continue. Do you know, just add, make it so like the the invites you send out plus one plus dad. John, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are writing the next Lego movie, and according to some websites, the opportunity is still open for them to direct it as well. Yeah, I thought it was official that like their co-producer or whatever. Or co-director or what? Who's somebody on the staff? Uh, yeah, the animation director was going to do the sequel, but then it became clear that what he's directing is the Lego Batman movie. Oh, That's is what that he's what directing. he's working on? Yeah. Oh, fuck Which that. is technically a not really a Lego Batman movie as much as it is a spin-off of the Lego movie with Batman, which if you've seen the Lego movie is an important distinction. <laughs> yeah, because it's not going to just be taking place entirely from Batman con. Yeah, it will take place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Or not even just that. Batman in the Lego movie is a very different Batman. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Yeah. It's more like he really thinks he is Batman, but like, yeah. It's it's amazing. It's so good. Who do you get, like... Oh, man, you know, actually, Lego Batman movie, you get the right people to voice, like, all the villains and everything like that. Could be fantastic. Actually, you know, yeah. I, I hope they actually bring back Mark Hamill to do the Joker, because if he did, like, super stupid Joker in that movie, that'd be kind of great. That'd be pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it'll be nice. At least they're right. Man, I hope they come back to direct, because they're so finicky with, like, their comic timing, with, like, their physical yeah. slapstick and stuff like that. Yeah. It's... Those guys are, are slapstick scientists. Yeah, because yeah. I would almost rather, if they're going to, someone else is going to direct that movie, I would almost rather have someone else write it too, so it's more reflecting of whoever yeah. is directing their sensibilities. Whereas if they're writing, it almost seems like they would have to direct it because it's so kind of like, yeah, like yeah. they have so many jokes where, like, very specific, somebody will hit something or fall or something like that. Yeah, just like, nah. There's just like the sound, like, even the sound is, like, perfect dialed in. Yeah, because watching the Lego in, movie, it's... you can totally see just even from the way. Like, the, the timing of the jokes happened, it's totally, yeah. like, clone high shit, yeah. You could, I mean, honestly, you can break down the Lego movie and, like, analyze the structure of those jokes and, like, the timing of those jokes and, like, yeah, the composition. That, yeah. It's all very married in a way that those guys, those guys are smart, yeah. smart assholes. They know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Legos, before we move on, uh, I read a Lego blog because I'm an asshole and an idiot. And the rumor is that the next uh, that next year they're doing another Simpsons set and it's going to be the Quickie Mart. Yeah. <laughs> well, that makes sense because what else? Like the Simpsons house is super popular. Like there's mm -hmm. only so many things you can do. I mean, you yeah. can do like the comic book store. You could do like the nuclear power plant, but that's yeah. nuclear power plant. That's not like really. I mean, what would you do to, like, do... You could do most tavern. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if that's, like, the third set, because... Or you could maybe do the Simpsons school with all the school kids. But, yeah, yeah. no, the Quickie Mart... Because then they could just have random, like, minifigures in there, like, included. You yeah. could have, like, the bullies and stuff like that. And, yeah. oh, man, as long as it has a poo with, yeah. like... Oh, God, what's the episode where Homer shows up and he's trying to... He ends up being flipped by the FDA... The Food and Drug Administration he ends up busting the Quickie Mart, like, for, like, selling, like, old rotten hot dogs, and to do yeah. that, he has to wear a camera inside a giant top hat. <laughs> yes. If they come with that, one for that version of Homer, that would be fucking fantastic. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah. Oh. Did, have they had pictures, or was that just a rumor? Oh, it's it's just a rumor that's floating around that they're uh, discussing. Did you... Have you bought anything from Lego.com properly uh, recently? Uh, I haven't had a chance to take advantage of their double points thing. Yeah, because October, it's only happening until the end of the week. It's double points. 
uh, if you order more than 75 bucks worth of stuff, which I did earlier this month, you get the free, like, little, like, Christmas, like, uh, oh, yeah, what was it, like, the, the Elves Workshop? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. they did announce this week that next month, if you get more than, I don't know, I, I guess maybe they're not going to have the double point stuff, but if you still order more than $75 worth of stuff, now you get, like, in, in November, you get, like, a free, like, a little ice skating thing. Aww. Like, two people ice skating while in clear bricks on ice and stuff like that. This is great. Yeah. That's pretty great. I'm just throwing that out there. Man, yesterday morning, I woke up, and usually when I go to work, I wake up around, you know, six in the morning, because I gotta get to work yeah. early, and, um, uh... <laughs> I woke up yesterday and I was like, well, I'll just check Twitter real quick. I checked Twitter and there were links for the new pictures of the new Chima sets that are coming out. Chima is the Lego line that has all the animals that I take for my my Benton, my Western Lego Animal Town people. And they announced the new sets and I started crying. I was so happy because they're going to do bears. They're gonna do. There's gonna be a beaver. There's gonna be a panther. Is this the first and there's like bears. There, yeah, they haven't had bears before. And I was wondering if this was coming because in the Chima online game, which I played for like all of two minutes, one of the races you can choose is a bear. And okay, I thought, yeah. This is so interesting. Are bears coming? Sure enough, they are. But uh, it just started crying. I was so happy, and I woke up my wife, and she's like, "Is everything okay? Is everything okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm so excited because there's gonna be bears." And I cried, and then I fell back asleep. But my wife was so alarmed by my reaction and by all the noise I was making that it woke her up to like uh, she was dialed up to eleven, like yeah, in response yeah, mode. Yeah. So poor kid, she woke up and did laundry all morning while I slept until <laughs> noon. What an asshole I am. It's the worst. You, you are easily excitable. I am an asshole. No, there anyway. Are, there, are, there are far worse things than to be married to a uh, funny, large-breasted lady who loves Legos. <laughs> I mean, come on. I guess that's there are not worse exactly, You're not exactly no, I don't know. Pill. When she sleeps in while you do chores all morning, and then when she finally wakes up, she just, um, <laughs> uh, like, starts, like, lays on the sofa and plays with Legos Shuffles and watches TV. and then plays with the Legos and ignores yeah, you. Yeah, while you're still doing laundry that you've been doing for the last few hours. Barely when technically... tolerates your Halloween movie. When it's technically your your wife's job to do laundry, I think that poor Foley, poor Foley. Aww. Could you not pretend that Practical Magic is a prequel to Hocus Pocus? Well, that was the thing. Afterwards, she was like, "Well, logically, we should be watching Hocus Pocus next." And I was just like, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> God damn. You guys gotta watch Hocus Pocus this week because I will no. watch it. And you, you're the one who introduced me to that shit. I, I really like Hocus Pocus. It's a fun movie, but once at a sleepover when I was a little girl, we watched it oh, you're from that 7, yeah. 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Oh so I still have, over and over again, I still have a little PTSD about Scratch, if you watch Pocus. Oculus this week, I'll make up for it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so wait, the Chima figures, did, so some of them come with like a mask that goes over the face. Well, some of the creatures have like animals' faces printed onto the minifigures. Almost all of them have a regular minifigure head that yeah. has the mini that has the animal face printed on it, and that's what I use for my uh, my guys. Yeah, for but then they have essentially a helmet that fits over that. You, the eyes can show through, so you can by flipping the head because they're dual printed heads. Usually, you can change their expression a little bit. Okay, uh, that's coming through the eyes. There are a handful of figures like it looks like the beaver, and this year with the mammoth guys, where it's actually a giant cast piece. Yeah, it's just like one piece that fits on the torso and circum uh, circumvents the need for a minifigure head altogether. Oh, okay, because I've seen so. people actually, well, they will take masks from the Chima line 
like especially like like there's these like figures that kind of look like pumas or something like that. Yeah. And they'll actually put them on other minifigures when they want like masks for like like normally like yellow skin characters, not like animal characters, yeah. but like yeah, like yeah. So I wasn't quite sure how all that stuff worked out, but yeah. Speaking of masks. Friends, I'm so sorry for all of y'all who hate Lego. I'm going to finish after this, I promise. There is an awesome company called Brick Warriors. And Brick Warriors does my favorite aftermarket Lego parts. Like, parts that are compatible with Lego. There are a lot of companies out there doing it. Most of them use as an excuse to do, like, dumb... Like, excuse me, like, historically accurate guns and shit. Yeah. And, uh... Brick Warriors, their bread and butter is mostly, like, gladi- gladiatorial sort of armor, like, historical armor or fantasy armor. And this week, they released a line of plague-themed uh, accessories. What? So they have, like, the plague mask. Oh, and, like, like the little looking guys, yeah. Yeah! And they did crutches, which I'm so excited about. Oh, my God. And what else did they do? Oh, they did, like, um, uh, the cloak, like, that kind of... Basically, you can make a full plague doctor with like the black cloak and the white mask and the black hat. They're beautiful. I just ordered some. I'm so excited about them. Brick Warriors uh, really is the makes plague the best doctor Lego stuff going to fit in with men. Uh, I'm think so. I have crazy, uh, crazy uh, cultists in Benton uh, that uh, are okay, okay. people who have appropriated the native culture. And um, turned it into some sort of weird cult sort of thing. So um, uh, they have totems all over that are actually the Chima masks that are like these weird totem things. So I'm thinking the lead, the leader of the cult may have, even though he actually is like a lion dude, will have this like bird helmet thing as a ritualistic thing. It's dumb and I think about it a lot. And but like the the. Plague coat, I think, will work just as a good duster. And then the hat is just a pretty solid hat. Brick Warriors, I can't speak highly enough of them. They really do make the best aftermarket Lego parts. If you are, like, if you... I, every time I look at their website, I always think, man, this makes me want to do D&D with Lego minifigures because they have all sorts of cool things. Like, they have, like, mohawks and, like, cool weapons and, like, pauldrons and stuff and, like, really, really cool stuff. They have some neat post-apocalyptic things. Like, they have a <clears throat> chainsaw hand that you can replace the um, an actual minifigure hand oh, really? with. Yeah. They do some really amazing stuff. I can't speak highly Rick of them. The quality is good. The tolerances are good. The manufacturing is really spot on. It's really hard to do like to do sculpting at that sort of scale and have it be so precise and so defined. I've seen a lot of really bad aftermarket parts. These guys, it all feels right and of scale with Lego. So I'm done being an asshole. Hey guys, let's continue on with Geek Week and Review oh, here. Oh, and before we continue, I just want to congratulate you on your... That's some pretty clever uh, Halloween cosplay you got on right now. Um, Google Google image search Alec Baldwin Beetlejuice. <laughs> Is my plaid that close to his? That's exactly the same thing. If you were wearing a uh, red undershirt under that, because you're, wow. you're both wearing glasses, it's exactly the same, yeah. That it's well, no, he he his is just black and white. I have pink and green. Oh, there's a little bit. Oh, on the on the okay, yeah. yeah. On the but video feed that I'm looking close. at, it just looks like black and white. Yeah, pretty good. I'm just saying, Annie, if you get really stuck for a Halloween costume this year, all you have to do is wear a red undershirt on that and some khaki slacks, and you're good to go. I'm gonna be a lumberjack this year. Yeah, and actually, here's part of my costume that I'm most proud of. Hold on a second. <laughs> Takes me Aww. just a second to do it. I'm really excited about this. 
This is the part of the podcast that everyone who's listening is really excited about. Yeah, for about. Uh, audio listeners, Annie's uh, fiddling with her... <laughs> what is it? Like I a made... foam rubber beard? Yeah, I made myself a foam beard Aww. that fits with my glasses. So I can wear it all day. Okay, I'm gonna wear this for the duration of the podcast now. It I just, love my beard. It makes you look like a like a like like a looks, makes you look like a chipmunk. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm way too excited about this. That yeah, is so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a lumberjack. Uh, I got uh, my wife took me out to get me a not dissimilar from buffalo plaid print shirt. Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna wear a cap to cover my long hair. I got some suspenders. I'm going to wear all of my wife's binders because it's going to take all of them to contain my Can you thunder. actually be a lady uh, lumberjack? No. Uh, I guess with the you beard. Yeah, what am I saying? Yeah. Last time, I swear to God, every time everyone asks me, you mean lumberjane? I want to kick you all in the taint. No, I don't oh want to be God. a lumberjane. You assholes. I want to be so a wait, lumberjack. I'm binders? talking to you with a beard things? on. What? Are the, well, so what are the binders made out of? Binders, it's usually, uh, it's basically like an undershirt, but there's usually a, um, something with more tension over the chest. Yeah, that's what I was wondering about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that should be yeah. fantastic, Annie. I'm excited Oh, you look great. The beard tell. is awesome. I didn't actually see I love my fucking yet. beard. Yeah. You look good. Thanks. Thanks, Foley. Foley thinks I look good. That's all that matters. <laughs> but Annie, uh, let me point out that, uh, Alec Baldwin and Beetlejuice, his main thing is building <laughs> a scale a model of the town beard. they live in. And they have converted their entire attic into a storage space for this this model town that he's been building. That's I'm just good. saying you're not unlike Alec Baldwin and Beetlejuice. So Foley and I are redoing our office, and part of that is uh, I cleared off my desk. Originally, I had Benton on my desk, yeah. but it takes up a little too much room, and I was it was always in the way. So I reconfigured my office a little bit so that all of my Lego storage stuff and build stuff is on my desk, yeah. so I can build while I'm at my desk, which has been great while Wasteland crashes. And then we have this little alcove. Originally, our office was a bedroom with a... Um, with uh, bypass doors into the closet. We took the bypass doors off, and now the closet is kind of like an alcove with this big shelf crossing it, fully set up all of my Benton across that alcove. Yeah. It looks so good. Aww. I'm really excited about it. We're going to build. We're gonna redo it and uh, paint the background. Fully's going to paint me ba- backdrops for Benton and everything like that. It's Are gonna they going to be, gonna be squared off like little clouds and stuff? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, very cool. It's gonna be great. It's gonna uh, be great. One last note, uh, again, also linking this back to Beetlejuice. Uh, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin. Uh, the reason they die in the movie is because uh, they are on the way to buying more stuff for his little model town. When they uh, uh, drive off the, uh, the covered bridge, that ends up killing them. So we did almost die yesterday while I was going out to get more Legos. Yeah, that was the thing what, that what happened. happened? Foley is very sweet. I was having a bad brain day yesterday when I woke up, so she took me to Bricks and Minifigs down in Canby to look at parts. I'd forgotten that yesterday was the big storm yeah, exactly, that yeah. uh, swept through Portland and took out, and took out, actually swept through the whole Pacific Northwest and took out a lot of the um, power uh, in, in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, the winds were up to 50 miles per hour. Like, there were times mm-hmm. when we were driving by the river and the winds were just, like, rack- like rocking the car. It was so intense. And there were downed trees everywhere and downed power lines everywhere. Like, we realized only afterwards that we drove over a, a downed power line. Oh, really? It was... We really did take our lives into our hands by driving around in that weather. But I got some good Lego parts, so who cares? 
Man, okay. all I did yesterday while the, the windstorm was going on, I worked on a pot roast. Stewed a pot yeah. roast for five hours yesterday. Oh, so yeah. good. Did some salt crushed potatoes and oh, blah, 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 blah. it was very delicious. Yeah. 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 What else? Mm, what else? Uh, what else going on, Geek Week interview? Let's see here. Uh, Max Landis' script and concept art for a seven-hour Super Mario Brothers slash Nintendo movie. Yeah, so I guess uh, back in the 90s, Max Landis, who was the son of uh, film director John Landis, who did American Werewolf in London and uh-huh. Na- National Lampoon's uh, Animal House and stuff like that. Uh, Max Landis, he, I guess, not only did he write like this like 600-page script for like his idea for what a Super Mario Brothers movie should be, he hired someone to do a whole bunch of concept art. And it wasn't Seriously? just Super Mario Brothers, though, because he brings on all these other characters, like Samus and Kirby, and Wario shows up. Wario is one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. And, like, I read some extras from the script, and everyone is, like, fighting each other with, like, Uzis and killing each other and doing all this shit. And, like, Kirby's eating people, and Kirby's got, like, this pathway to this netherworld inside of him. And there's all Seriously? this crazy fucking shit. Um, and so Max Landis just went ahead and put, uh, posted all this stuff from, like, you know, like, this, this, this thing he was working on, like, 15 years ago. I guess maybe he thought he, he like, I guess as a, you know, as a kid growing up as the son of a big Hollywood director, he, like, spent a lot of time in his childhood, like, writing up scripts, like, on the slight chance that his dad could help him, like, get these movies made. And yeah. so, yeah, I guess he just went... F- fucking nuts on this like nintendo movie idea that also included all the kongs like funky yeah. kong and diddy kong and like yeah. all the characters from the, the donkey kong country games um and there's i guess there's this whole reveal in his script where you find out that like like the names of all the kongs except from from uh, uh donkey kong are all like code names and like the the kong family has this whole like ancient history to it that the like oh, of course it does crazy shit um yeah i think we can all agree that what the donkey kong games were missing was lore yeah so there's a ton of lore like there's this whole thing like funky kong gives this lengthy speech about how his real name is no longer whatever it used to be but now he wishes to only be known as funky kong dude <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Wario shows up and starts shooting at Mario and Luigi with an Uzi, and then Princess Peach shoots and kills Wario. <laughs> wow! And just like all this fucking crazy shit. And Mario and Luigi, they have a last name, uh, Casavetes, and and it's like <laughs> it's just, I just yeah, it's it's bonkers. I love that he spent money on his fan fiction. Yeah, That's I know amazing. exactly. Yeah, well, like, growing up the you know, son of a Hollywood director, he had some uh, money to burn on that shit. I was gonna say, Bill, don't tell me that you didn't do something not dissimilar without your connections. I'm just saying. <sighs> no, like, I, 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 even back in the day, I always thought like if you're gonna make a Super Mario Brothers movie, you should just make it look like the game, or at least try to make it look like. See what like Max Landis wanted to do. He wanted to do like a realistic Super Mario Brothers with like grotesque fungus. Uh, Goombas and stuff. Even in yeah. my mind right now, I still think if you should, if you were to make a Super Mario Brothers game, it should look like the goddamn like uh, illustrations from the instruction manual. It should, it should essentially look like a Pixar movie. Um, yeah. And even then, if someone gave me a million million dollars to make like an animated uh, Legend of Zelda movie, I would just make it look like the, uh, the, the 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 illustrations from the original like a, like anime looking illustrations from the original instruction booklet. It's so interesting that most people's assumption when they're like, well, let's make a Mario adaptation is to make it grotesque? Yeah! That's so weird, because that's not what Mario is. still kind of, like, look like the game. Like, yeah, I don't know. 
It's a weird, weird I'll, choice that multiple people have made. Yeah, that's one of the nice things about actually 3D Mario Land, the, the most recent uh, 3D Mario game that came out for the Wii last year. Like, it shows that like, you can actually take those, like, the, those character designs and put them into like HD... 3D animated space and still have them look kind of pleasant and pleasing, and you could like you yeah. could essentially take those assets and turn them into a, like like a, like a Pixar quality movie. I mean, granted, what the fuck would the story be about? But in terms of the visual design, like you like you don't have to do a lot of work. All the designs, uh, all the heavy lifting for the design work's been done for you. But yeah, yeah anyway. Yeah. Man, speaking of Nintendo, on Friday one of my coworkers brought her son in, yeah, and uh, he hung out. Anytime anyone brings their kid to work, they always inevitably wind up hanging out with me because my desk has all the toys on it. I, like, I can't imagine why. Yeah, I have all the drawings, and um, uh, I talk about cool stuff like cartoons and video games. So it was great though because all he wanted to talk about was. Minecraft and Kirby. Oh, really? That was oh. all he wanted to talk about. It was Which, really, what really do you cute. have to say about either of those things? Uh, he really, he was playing Kirby, uh, Kirby game for the 3DS that involved different hats that gave you different powers. Oh, yeah? And he wanted to show me all of the hats and all the powers they could do. Aww. It was really, really cute. And then he had, um, he had one of the pocket Minecraft games on a tablet and he was showing me his house that he oh, had yeah? built. I asked him, I was like, are you going to put a roof on your house? Because he had, like, a pool in it, and he had two bedrooms, and he had three doors, just because he liked the look of it. And I was like, are you going to put a roof on it? He looked at me like I was an idiot. He's like, no. I'm not going to put a fucking <laughs> roof on it. The worst light could have come from that. Well, it's like, <laughs> uh, to be fair, in Minecraft, you don't have to worry about flying enemies so much, so you yeah. can't kind of get away without having a roof, but yeah. Yeah. No, it's kind of funny. That was, a, I should not, I showed my butt by asking that question. I shouldn't have asked that yeah, question. Um, anyway, okay, let's continue on our Geek Week in Review, believe it or not, is what we're doing. PS4's share play feature will be part of the system's 1028 firmware update, which will also include USB media play features, themes, etc. Oh, I didn't know that it was that soon. Yeah, it comes out this Tuesday, yeah. The share play stuff sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm actually excited about it. I'm more excited about it than what they had first implied it was. Because when they had said, oh, you can loan games to people... That was kind of interesting to me, but they, I was they like, never okay. Loan games. They could say you could play games with other people if, even if they don't own it. Excuse me. Yes. Yeah. They had said that you, you, people you know can play games in your library without owning the game. I agree. You have to be them. there playing. It's not like you could just say, like, yeah. That's what I was getting at, was that I think that's actually kind of more <laughs> interesting, Bill, is that it's basically you can do a private stream. Essentially is what it is. And at any point, you can hand the controller over to a friend. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of, sounds kind of great. And also, if it's a game with co-op, you can um, give the, uh, make the, uh, your other person player too. Which is, sounds kind of great. Yeah, you can do couch co-op. It sounds like, like, like this, it doesn't matter if the game's been programmed to work with the service or not. It's just, like, from the PlayStation 4's just from their uh just the front end just knows to like even in games that are just designed for couch co-op now you can play online it makes sense that it's it's basically an extension of their streaming uh their game streaming service that they built in for playstation tv and and vita yeah i'm kind of curious to see because it's kind of based off of like you're essentially broad yeah like you said you're essentially broadcasting video from your playstation 4 hopefully the it's not too laggy and it actually works because i could see this kind of quasi working for some people but maybe not depending on you know the the parties uh, the the internet connection of both parties involved and stuff but yeah like, it like, sounds very cute. Well, also, like, even if you're not playing, you get to hang out and shoot the shit with other 
people while they're playing. Exactly. Shadow. So if you're yeah. watching, if you're playing Shadow of Mordor, I could watch you and go. <laughs> I know yeah. that's what you're. You can't wait to build but everything also, out in your like, virtual if couch. There was a part that I could struggle. I was struggling with. I could just hand the controller over to you. No, and that's a good point. So yeah, if you or like. Actually, that's the thing. If you ever want to watch someone play Alien, but without having yeah, exactly. to do yourself and, and, and Foley's not around, you can exactly. have like someone else. Or if you want to watch Steve play Destiny and you don't feel like playing it yourself, but you just want to hang yeah. out. Uh, the only yeah. bummer is that this is only uh, the share play sessions are only limited to an hour. Yeah. Uh, which uh, it sounds like there's no reason why after an hour you can just boot up another session, but it's still like, come on, guys. It's got to be linked to, like, their, their sharing stuff that's already baked in. Because as it is, you can only, like, r- share video up to an hour. So oh, I'm yeah. sure it's baked eh, into the maybe. same back end. I could see that's something so. they might have to patch out if this becomes popular enough. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, yeah, the programmer of Gone Home, Yanamin, is making a game called Where the Water Tastes Like Wine, Bill notes, which is a simulator about directing Nicki Minaj's Anaconda video. Yeah, which I thought that was a pretty brave choice for him. Okay. So it's really thinking out of the box. Especially it doesn't have the rights to the song, so it's going to be him just kind of like beatboxing it. Just fair use, it's fine. Yeah, he's going to be twerking in a, in a studio. I'm really excited about Yanaman's project. Yanaman, after he uh, after he was uh, done with Gone Home, took like four or five months off and just traveled the world. Like he went on, he tr- he crossed, like he I think he went to Russia... India, like, just, like, Middle East, Europe. Like, he just took this great meandering journey. And this this game is meant to kind of convey some of that feeling of going on this trip and this adventure and riff on the idea of kind of the great American, like, road trip sort of things or even, like, great journey stories like Huck Finn and stuff like that. But at the same time, he also wants to reflect on the experiences of itinerant peoples who are displaced. Yeah. Where it's not only I'm a person who I've, I've chosen to take this journey, but that I have been forced to take this journey for various and sundry reasons. And it's, I don't know, Yonaman's a really smart guy. And uh, I talked to him a little bit about this this game uh, last time I saw him when he was last in Portland. And I don't know, it, sound, it sounds right up my alley. And I, I really like that guy and I want him to, to succeed. So I'm excited that he's taking the time to make a game that is important to him. And that is part that shares his experiences, which is just cool. I want. I wish that everyone had the freedom to do that yeah. to make games telling stories and experiences that are important to them. That's... Uh, it, sounds, it doesn't sound like he's talked too much about what the gameplay of this thing is supposed to be, other than that there's going to be kind of like a JRPG kind of overworld mm-hmm. of of you just kind of bum around the country. But like, I, I just sounds kind of interesting. Like, especially I'm, I'm assuming. Uh, from the way he's talking about itinerant people being driven out of their homes, I'm assuming there's you know there's going to be a whole uh, trail of tears kind of thing going on. Uh, maybe God knows there'll be underground railroad shit, you know, traveling in America. You know, like you could do crazy shit during the Civil War, or pre-Civil War stuff too, if you wanted to. Um, it's interesting that like yeah, it's it's not supposed to present any particular facet of American culture other than just traveling around within the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that that definitely sounds interesting. Who knows when this will come out? But just even the title yeah. of the game, where the water tastes like wine, is yeah. you know uh, kind of like it, it kind of uh, lends back. Like, it's not a lyric from uh, Big Rock Candy Mountain, but like it sounds like a mm-hmm. lyric that should have been in Big Rock Candy Mountain, which is yeah. just a song about just like bumming around America, like trying to search for you know if you're a hobo, just trying to search for an ultimate place where you could just kind of lay down and rest your bones. Um, yeah. yeah, so. 
I, I want more games that are about weird little personal experiences. Uh, that's... Speaking about people being driven out of their homes, itinerant people, uh, hopefully there would be DLC about Gamergate people being driven out from 4chan to 8chan. Uh... That's very important to me as a male, white male gamer. Because uh, that was our home. Now we're, we have no home. Hunted, despised, living like an animal. The jungle is my home. Uh, yes. How you doing? I like staring at you, dissatisfied. Your beard is, out you know, my beard. It's hard for you to scowl on that beard, I hate to tell you. <laughs> That's why I love it. I love the emotionless expression of the beard. You Dig do it. look like I you need to wear this all the time. like a 70s rock band, though, because, like, the flannel yep. and your, the length of your hair right now, it's essentially like yep. 70s dude's haircut. Yeah. And the beard, it looks Perfect. like, you could be, this could either go lumberjack, or if you really wanted to be, you could be uh, almost famous. That's right. Cosplay, yeah. Anyway. Man, I fucking love this dumb beard. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and finally, it was announced this week that Zack Snyder is making... <laughs> Read it. Uh, and finally, it was announced this week that Zack Snyder is making a film called Benton about a small western town made out of Lego. The leads will be Tom Hardy, Gemma Arterton, Kristen Bell, Jason Momoa, Rachel Weisz, and Michelle Rodriguez. It'll be the first pornographic live action film made about a Lego western town ever made. But the film studio hopes this will launch a brand new cinematic universe with Robin Hood and time traveling Paul Newman and Robert Redford. There Thank you go. That's you, our last Bill. bit of news this week. That Thank you, Bill. Cool. That's, uh, speaking of like spending three hundred million dollars on a project, that's not likely to make a pack. <laughs> Man, uh, I can't believe that they're just gonna let Zack Snyder keep making DC movies. DC, yeah. Dear Lord, Wait, is he? Look, what's going on with it? I thought he was just doing like Superman versus Batman. Uh, I think he's going to be doing the Justice League movie too. Really? What the hell is Does wrong with care? this stuff? No one cares about DC except for for Batman. Like you're about to say Spider-Man, which is true. Oh, whatever. Well, did you hear, like, the, I, I guess there's, like, a little bit of an uproar because, like, I guess for the Wonder Woman movie that they're not going with Wonder Woman's original creation myth, which was that she was made of clay and then brought to life by the gods, and instead now she's going to be the daughter of Zeus, which... <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> like... I'm more worried about Wonder Woman just being an interesting character, much less her background motivation, yeah. but I had no idea she was made from clay. It's not like it's going to be the worst uh, the worst uh, thing that someone has done with the comics property. I'm just saying. Yeah. As someone who really loved League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, I'm just saying. Yeah, I was just reading more about... I don't know. I wound up reading the Wikipedia entry about the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen this week. Oh, I was talking about how... There was something I was reading about how they were talking about uh, movie bombs that bombed so badly, like, their, their, their directors never made another movie again, and Lee Richardson Gentleman was one of those movies. Oh, really? And I was reading about how, I think it was the director didn't even show up to the movie's premiere, and at the <laughs> movie's premiere, Sean Connery was talking about what a whack job the director was. <laughs> so it sounds like he was driven out of the industry even before he could, like, even premiere his own goddamn movie. Wow. Um, That's pretty sad. Yeah, I'm still kind of, I'm bummed by that skinny chick who they cast as Wonder Woman. Who knows? She could turn out to be great. Man. We could be talking about this three years from now and go, oh, yeah, it turns out she was actually a pretty good Wonder Woman. But, man, I just, I just, I don't know. Just like a skinny Israeli model is just, I don't know. Not, not that Israeli has anything to do with it, but just like, I, I, just, I don't know. I know. We want a beast woman to be Wonder Woman. That's yeah. fine. 
there aren't very many beast women in that are considered beautiful, and that's what it boils down to. Breaks my fucking heart. Did we talk heart. about who, who, like, who would you prefer to be cast as Moon? Man, you keep asking me about recasting things. This is not something that's interesting Jennifer or something Conley, my brain man, ever Conley, thinks about. Get a beast woman. Get Jennifer Conley. Like, kind of whether she can play Wonder Woman's mom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when you get to play Zeus in... Okay, assuming she's going to be Zeus. you got to show Zeus in the Wonder Woman movie. Is it going to be... I guess it can't be Jason Momoa, because he's going to be playing Waterman. Aquaman. What's his name? Aquaman. <laughs> Waterman. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, so I, I found on Tumblr a gift set of Jason Momoa in a train yard. Yeah. Like, just what? lifting what? things and throwing things around. It's the most flaming barrel. It's the most hilarious, like, male fantasy indulgent bullshit, and oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. Makes me so happy. Oh. Is he still, like, dressed, is he still look like Jason Momoa? Does he have the beard and the hair and everything like that? Yeah. Still it's amazing. Called, called, so called good. Drogo. God, I love um, Jason Momoa. Actually, I guess he has to keep all that shit. Does Aquaman have long hair and a beard and shit like that? It depends on which variation of Aquaman. Yeah. You know, I didn't realize they, I guess, so I guess they have cast all the Justice League people. So, because I saw, I didn't realize he was, it was official now that he is going to be Aquaman, that they've got a dude as the Flash, that they've got, essentially everyone except the Green Lantern, which I guess they're not going to have What's-His-Face anymore. I, I love the Green we know, Lantern? We don't Ryan Reynolds? Any of these characters. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? It's all about Star oh. Wars anyway. Who gives a shit? Did you hear... <laughs> I know you don't want to talk about Star Wars. Did you hear what the latest rumor is? Like, who's going to be uh, uh, the the villain over the course of the next Star Wars movies? No. You, do you care about no like who who? Bill, who's going to be the villain over the next Star Wars supposedly movies? Supposedly, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Really? Yeah, and supposedly he's going to. This is the rumor that's been going around for the last couple of weeks. Supposedly he's going to film a quick cameo at the end of this this Star Wars episode seven and starting with episode eight. I I don't know. Who, this is probably bullshit. Probably only this is probably a rumor that only got started just because the next movie is going to be a Ryan Johnson movie, and of course, who do you get to yeah. be like the big new character in the Ryan Johnson Star Wars movie? But Joseph Gordon, yeah. although that would be fantastic if it actually happened. Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. Just I'm just curious there. to see who the pie house rat slash um, uh, kid blue will be in Star Wars. Yeah, I, I oh man, if he came back, that'd be fucking. I love that actor. He shows up for ten seconds of Breaking Bad. Noah Segan, I think is his name. Yeah, yeah something he's, like that. But... He's, he's Ryan Johnson's bro that Ryan Johnson always makes room for. And you know what? That guy is actually a really good actor. I like him a lot. Yeah, so. no, Kid Blue was one of the best, but I need to see Looper again. Oh, that's right, Emily Blunt. Oh, because she's still in Star Wars. She, uh, she's going to be an End of the Woods, too. I forgot about that. Yeah, and so is Anna Kendrick and Chris Pine. Chris Pine, it's great, because he's, like, got a little fake English accent. He's got a little pompadour. Actually, Chris Pine, there are parts of the End of the Woods movie that actually look pretty good. Yeah. But, yeah, no. Chris Pine, Chris Pine grinding up on Anna Kendrick, I'll probably show up just for that. Which is funny, because uh, I, I was in the Entertainment Weekly thing. They talk about how um, Emily Blunt had to film her role in End of the Woods. It was the first thing she did right off of Edge of Tomorrow, so she was very, very pregnant and super, super ripped. <laughs> and she was like, these are two things as I'm supposed to be playing the wife of a baker that I'm not supposed to be. Because the whole point, her character in the movie is actually trying to get pregnant. Like, their whole thing Bill. is like they're trying to make it so that they, be, they can get knocked up and have a kid because they're both infertile. And so it's funny, but Please. she's like, I'm super ripped and I'm already like eight weeks, uh, eight months pregnant. I'm in this movie. Like, yeah. Is the climax that Anthony Hopkins pokes her in the belly and then she can have babies? Yeah, you beat. 
That's a Noah reference, everybody, which none of you will get because you didn't see fucking Noah. Hey, everybody, this is the Boy Howdy Podcast. This is, what? How does Emma Watson get fucked? Doesn't she, doesn't she fuck herself up when she eats a bunch of Pop Rocks and soda and that's how she destroys her uterus? Or she gets stabbed in the gut. Either way. Either way, it's kind of the same thing, yeah. Hey, everybody, this is the Boy Howdy Podcast. Howdy at Boy Howdy Podcast is the way you contact us. You can also use our contact form on boyhattypodcast.com we're at boyhattypodcast on the twitters bill is at mudron i am at spinuti good luck spelling either of those mm-hmm. we'll talk to y'all next week about more pop culture detritus have a good halloween everyone hit us up if you got like kind of crazy halloween plans let us know what kind of scary movie Ooh. stuff you might be watching uh, do you have anything else you're gonna watch on this plane in terms of like halloweeny kind of stuff do you even care that much about like watching scary movies during Halloween week or anything. I'm going to definitely rewatch Ravenous. Oh yeah, you're So why Ravenous? I love Ravenous. No, it's it's a good movie. I just don't know why that's kind of your default like kind of suspense movie for Halloween. Well, I just don't like many scary movies. Yeah. Yeah, check it out. Let's put it this way. I I I I liked it enough that I don't know if I'm crazy. I would like a second opinion is all. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'll give it a shot. And uh Friends, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, okay. Uh, This is me pretending (laughs) to be Frankenstein. I'm going to say we belong dead, and this is the part where I throw the switch and blow this all up. (laughs) That's how the Bride of Frankenstein ends. It's it's, it's always the last thing I watch on Halloween night right before I go to bed. So, anyway. You're awesome. Bill, what what movies are you going to watch this week? Oh man, I got all of them! I gotta finish my Universal uh, uh, Horror box set of Blu-ray stuff, uh, which including Bride of Frankenstein and The Invisible Man, which is like starring Claude Rains, which I only saw for the first time like two years ago when I first bought this box set. Claude Rains is The Invisible Man playing a madman? I'd never yeah. seen Claude Rains like play anything where he's off the hook because he, I'd seen him in Casablanca or in roles where he's older and he's always kind of like, kind of like being a kind of like nice old guy. Uh, yeah. It's kind of funny to see him young, kind of crazy. Of, yeah, and that's yeah. kind of great. Especially the Invisible Man. It's almost entirely his voice. So it's all just like voice acting stuff, which is really great. I've got like Dawn of the Dead. I've got all the classic stuff. Uh, you know, and it's just, just I'll be watching all kinds of stuff this week. And more Monster Madness. Bill, I'm so excited for your Halloween movie fest. I gotta go get some pumpkins. I gotta get, man, I gotta make it, uh, I gotta talk to Jojo about uh, making a trip to Freddy so I can buy some beer for TV party on Friday for Halloween night. I gotta buy some pumpkins. I wanna de- uh, make some jack o' lanterns. Um, Speaking man. of beer, on our way out, a friend of the podcast, Brian Smith, said that he tried the Game of Thrones beers and it's fantastic. Oh, So that's if right, you were yeah. looking for some sort of licensed seasonal thing, uh, do the thing. Oh, and just uh, perfect timing. I uh, just got a shipping notification from Amazon saying my candy bars I'm going to hand out on Friday or just to ship too. Um, yeah, it was funny that the cheapest place to get full size candy bars is actually uh, Amazon rather than like Fred Meyers or anything like that. But and probably Costco would have been your friend there too, my friend. Oh, that's true. But I don't have I don't have access to Costco. Also, that would have been like at Costco. Can you buy thirty candy bars? Or do you have to buy like three hundred? You can buy 30. Yeah? Yeah. Um, you couldn't buy one. You can buy 30. I need to get a car so I can <laughs> do that shit more often. But yeah, I'm going to get a pumpkin and some bunch of beers. It's yeah! Halloween week. It's the best time of year. Got to watch some Halloween 3. Send all of your Halloween movie feelings and recommendations to at Mudrin on the Twitter. We will talk to y'all next week. Happy Halloween! Take care, guys. Bye.